Welcome to episode 263 of Texting, hosted by myself, Justin Vincent, and Jason Roberts. It's another beautiful day in Pasadena, as it always is here, except for, well, there's a few days when it's not beautiful, but today it is beautiful. I am going to uh, my boss's Matt, Matt's wedding in Mexico, uh, leaving at 5 a.m. tomorrow. You're, so, you got a 5 a.m. flight? 5 a.m. flight to so Mexico. So you're going to, what, like two? I guess. I guess there's no point going to sleep. I wouldn't do that. Yeah. Yeah. I get, you know, just try and get to bed early. Sure. Get, get, get to sleep okay. at like 10, get yourself four or five hours. Well, let me think. You you need to leave to the airport at four. You need to be at the airport by about four. I would have thought. Yeah, because I don't think it's going to be super busy at no, five. No, I mean, I, I I normally show up at the airport an hour before. 5.26 a.m. Oh, 5.26, 4.26. So you can probably have everything packed. You can get up at four. All right. So if you get up at, say, 10, even 11, five hours sleep, that's a big difference between staying up all night. Yeah, that's true. Okay. Staying up all night and you're going to be grumpy for like two days in Mexico. It's true. And I'm going to be like, I mean, I'm going to be partying in Mexico. So I don't want to be grumpy. No, I don't want to be grumpy. So, yeah. well, cool. Well, my, my buddy Phil's going to be there with you. I know. Uh, you you told me that in reference to the fact that we're both doing this fitness thing right now and you want you want to make sure that I actually do it while I'm away. <laughs> <laughs> I know you're looking for any excuse. You're 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 the kind of guy who looks for any excuse to cheat on anything. All right, any hold on a second. We haven't really spoken about this. So Jason is on an absolute fitness kick right now. He has the madness about it in the same way as he has the madness about anything else. But right now, the madness is <laughs> on losing weight and becoming like Wolverine. So Operation Superhero. Right. Right. Well, you know, like I said, my buddy Phil was when he lost a bunch of weight and he kind of got me motivated and. When he was losing weight and he was trying to pick a number, I suggested don't pick a number. I said, go and look like, I said, your target should be Wolverine and to pick like a superhero. Right, you right. know, like get your body in that shape. I said, you'll be, that's, that's money, right? And as you know, he's single. So obviously that, that matters a little bit for him. So that got me fired. And then when he, when he's doing that, I'm like, well, wait a minute. Why can't I do that? Right. I mean, it's kind of a, um, and that's the thing about going after audacious goals. It's inspiring. Right? right. If he's just, oh, I'm just going to try and lose 15 pounds. That's not inspiring. Mm -hmm. It's not inspiring at all. You know, but what is inspiring when somebody's like losing a ton of weight and they're targeting and they're like actually getting there? You're just like, this is actually possible. He's actually going to be that fit in about three or four months. He's going to be Wolverine. Well, minus the adamantium skeleton. Now, in the self healing property. Now, how much weight has Phil lost so far? Last I checked, so so the thing is funny is that he and I text back and forth every day about this stuff. I know, and you've started bringing me into that. I now. do it once in a while, but you're you're doing too much of a downer, so I don't. Uh, Why am I a downer? I'm just kidding. Right? Okay, go ahead. So uh, he's like, I think he just he actually just hit like 181 or something. So he was at 270. 270. But um, you know, he's been lifting weights and stuff. So a couple months ago, no, no, that was like I don't know, was it maybe six weeks ago? He started deciding okay i need to start lifting you know as opposed to just dropping weight because you if you lose much weight then you're just like the skinny fat guy right you're really kind of like emaciated and you, you don't i mean you, you look way better than when you were really heavy but you don't have any musculature so you look kind of weak and <laughs> like starved so and did he so, decide that or did you did, um, did you kind of talk him into it you know i kept talking along the way like you know you you want to lift some weights you want to you want to like, don't lose too much muscle because the less mu the more muscle you lose the fewer calories you burn, the the you know, you, and then you're going to hardly be able to eat anything. Otherwise, you'll gain. If you eat, if you eat anything, you're going to gain weight because you're going to have so little muscle, right? So he was lifting a lot, and as a plus, when you lift weights, 
it burns calories and it ups your metabolism and it increases your testosterone, all which help you lose weight. How old is he now? He'll be 43 in October. I think that Phil needs to write a comment on this show to just say exactly what he does every day. Just what, like how he's done it. Because I would have thought that if I was a listener, I'd be thinking, okay, you're 43, you went from 270 to 180. How did you do it? Well, I'll give you the quick synopsis and he can clarify or write a comment about it. But um, he, he bought Tim Ferriss's four-hour body. Mm-hmm. And he basically just did that. Including the cold showers. I don't know if he did every little thing, but right. he, he basically was following that sort of uh, methodology or whatever. Or, and, you know, he would work out. He wasn't for the first year because he started, but it's been a year. He's been doing it. A year. It takes a year. It's been yeah. about a year. It was in June of last year. And, you know, he was he would do a little bit of weightlifting, a little bit of cardio, but, you know, nothing crazy. Yeah. 20 minutes of cardio going in and do a little, you know, dumbbell or kettlebell kind of stuff I was telling you to do. Mm-hmm. Mostly focusing on the diet. and uh, But he would work out six days a week, just and, and that's what worked. But then once he started to lose a bunch of weight, and he started realizing, like, okay, I lost a lot of weight, but I, <laughs> I just don't look that great, right? I mean, I don't have it. You know, I was like, I need to. And then when I suggested the Wolverine target, then he kind of really, like, you know what? That's absolutely right. And he just got totally focused <laughs> in on it. And this is just, like I said, like six weeks ago, I think, maybe. And he got a um, personal trainer. But he went. But he'd done some research. He says, "I'm going to do the strong lifts workout, which is like not bodybuilding, where you do tons of isolation exercises and you work to failure, and you do sets of eight or twelve. It's like more like power lifter stuff, like sets of like you only do like five reps, and you're constantly trying to increase your strength every week. But it's it's also the exercises are kind of full body exercises rather than like just lifting up a dumbbell. Yeah, yeah. It's called composite versus isolation or right. simple. Composite. So they just make you really strong. They make you really strong. Which, you know, it's funny when you watch, I, I saw a couple of videos, I think Phil had emailed me one where it shows like a bodybuilder versus a powerlifting bodybuilder has all this muscle, but he's not nearly as strong as, a, as the guy who does the powerlifting, which to me looks kind of like fake muscle. It's yeah. Like, Might as well just shove some silicone implants in there because yeah, muscle's yeah. Like BS. Yeah. And, and you don't want to be all bulked up anyway. You look no, ridiculous. I mean, you just want to be strong. Yeah. And, and um, so anyway, he's gone after that. And so he went to, got a personal trainer and, uh, and, and he says, I want to do the strong lifts. This is what I want to do. And the guy was actually, he had played football at Michigan. So he knew all about that kind of lifting. Yeah, okay. It wasn't like, oh, I don't know what you're talking about. Oh, cool. Let's go work on your core. You know, it's like, okay, deadlifts, squats, bench, heavyweight. And so he hasn't been doing it. And, uh, and yeah, I mean, he's, he's, he's making huge That's progress. That's awesome. It's great. So you're going to see him and you can, I'm sure you can interrogate him down <laughs> in uh, Mexico. And uh, I told him not to let you off the hook. So when you're heading to the gym, I said, grab Grab uh, Justin and drag him to the gym. Yeah, but you've got the madness about it. You're texting me. I'm getting a text every day. I lost a pound. I lost two pounds. I'm bulking up. <laughs> oh, I never said that. But <laughs> I've, I've even texted him. Just kind of helping you get going. Because I, mean, okay. I noticed he's helped me. I see. Like when you're on your own, it's harder. It's kind of like you watch the Tour de France and you have the, the Peloton where they're all going together. It's way easier when you're drafting behind a group than right. when you're up on your own. I mean, obviously, there's physics involved with air resistance. But there's sort of the psychological resistance. Right. You have a natural psychological resistance where you say, well, other things start impeding your your work, your wife, your life. Things like, well, I can't work out or, well, I can't eat this. But when you get a text, it's like, dude, the Wolverine is lost two pounds. You know what I mean? You're like, all right. Like, it's a joke and he's joking around. But you're like, all right, I can get my butt to the gym, right? Like, he just keeps you focused. Right. And so I was just trying to help you a little bit. Oh, nice. Just say, okay, you know. Because I don't want to come back to you. It's like, oh, so how's it going? Oh, yeah, no, I stopped doing it a week ago. Uh, you know, you don't. It's hard to fall out of bed. Yeah. 
But um, so I uh, just to I'll give you an update on what I did. So I've been doing the I went and got. Um, oh, yeah. We haven't talked about this in the show. No, no. We both. So we both went to this lady who. Well, so Phil Phil called me you where know, we were talking. He said, hey, I think I'm going to go get like a body composition test. See how much body fat I have. And uh, and so there was this place that does like what they call a DEXA scan, which is like an MRI of your full body. Jeez. And it's 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 way more accurate than the calipers, which some people would use. You know, you grab like the, what's called the the the, the skin fold test, and uh, or the hydrostatic where they put you in water, which is kind of very, you know, uh, high. You know, it takes a lot of it's a big pain to do that. So he went and did that, but they also tested his VO two max and other stuff. It was like this really like high performance um, oriented facility. And uh, I was like, that is a great idea. I said, I'm going to go do that, right? So I looked around. I didn't find a place that would do all of it, but I found a place right down in South Pass, which is five minutes for us, and um, $50 for a body composition test. So I went down there, got on the machine, and she's like, you know, get the printout and all my lean body mass and skeletal mass and everything. And she's like, yeah, you're 24.5% body fat. Like, what? I, mean, I thought I was like 17, maybe 19 re- on an extreme. Huh. And so, and I weighed 202 pounds, so I was almost 50 pounds of fat. That's a lot. That's a lot of, that's a lot of lard to be lugging around, right? Mm. And so, that kind of got me really focused. And then she's like, all right, like, she's like, good, you're, you have a lot of muscle, you're an athlete, so we got a good base, so this thing should happen, it'll be easy easier for you than for some people but say like, all right so here's what we're going to do she's like based on your basal what's called a basal metabolic rate which is how many calories you burn on bed rest so if i had to lay down didn't do anything i'd burn like 1866 calories she's like okay so we're going to target like basically 2300 calories a day you're going to do you're going to consume you're going to make sure you eat at least 200 grams of protein which by the way is a ton of protein and but the really one of the key things was is you're not you're going to consume no more than 40 grams of sugar a day. And I was like, wow, OK, 40 grams. And so um, I was like, all right, I'm down. I'm going to do it. I go home and I'd get a spreadsheet, I break out the Google Doc, grab a little spreadsheet and I start <laughs> write down my daily breakfast. I realized that on some days I, I was probably averaging consuming between 180 and 200 grams of, of sugar by lunch. And I wasn't eating Fruit Loops. I would have like 12 ounces, <laughs> 10, maybe 10 to 12 ounces of orange juice. And I wasn't eating Fruit Loops. Well, I mean, it wasn't like people look at me and go, dude, what's with the donuts and the Fruit Loops? I mean, and then and the Coke. I mean, you know, it wasn't like people. You, no, you it's, hidden. It. it's hidden in like orange juice and things like that, like a latte, you know, all that kind of stuff. Yeah. I mean, so the orange juice was a killer. Uh, I didn't realize that. And then the other thing was a killer is I would have this sort of what I call the homemade, the poor man's mocha. Right. Yeah. You know, so I would get like coffee and I'd have put like a, packet of hot chocolate mix mm-hmm. but i kind of got in the habit of putting like one and three quarters in <laughs> having a little bigger one and those dark chocolate powders had 35 grams of sugar a piece so i was mostly doing about close to 70 grams of sugar just there mm. and then i'd have you know if i had grape nuts and some, a little bit of sugar on the grape nuts and the milk itself has a lot of sugar in it and then at lunch i'd have like a dr pepper and then, you know, you say, Phil, you know, sometimes you can sell Phil, you feel a little more before you leave. You get a little. And I was yeah, it like, all adds up, yeah. So I have gotten it down to, so first I'm just like, there's, there's no way that I cannot have any orange juice. I love orange juice for breakfast. All right. 
And there's no, and I was like, you know, the, I thought of idea of not having any kind of coffee or mocha at all. It's just like, this is brutal. So how can I like do some creative accounting and get what I want? So I figured if I have four ounces of orange juice, it's 12, 12 grams of sugar. It's like, okay, I can get that because I have 40 grams for the day. So basically yeah. you're hacking it. Hacking it. So yeah. I, I'm, I'm trying to figure out, I, there's, this is what I want. <laughs> <laughs> and this is, this is what I have to do. And then I was like, okay. And then I basically tried a few things. And Sandy ended up finding these um, chocolate packets, diet chocolate packets, two grams of sugar. So if two of those is four grams of sugar. So I went down and then I, and then I cut out um, sugar at uh, uh, Cokes at lunches, have a Diet Coke. So I, I went down from 210 grams of sugar by lunch to 22 grams. So almost a 10. Well, I was going to say, I mean, like you, you literally wouldn't, you, you would lose a crap load of weight just by doing that, even if you didn't work out. Because the basic fact that you, your printouts showed that you had 140 pounds of just muscle. 152. Right? 150 pounds muscle. Whereas I had like 81 or 82 or something pounds of muscle. No, no, no. I think that was wrong. I think you have 140. You only have, you have like 12 pounds less body mass than I do, I think. I think you misread it. You don't have 80. You have a lot more than 80 pounds. I mean, maybe your skeleton weighs 80 pounds. <laughs> yeah, let me see it. I can take a look at it. Let me see. So you have, yeah, no, your lean body mass is 144.8 pounds. No, that's, that's not the muscle. No, that's your lean body mass. So that's everything minus your, the fat. Oh. So you have your body fat. You have 82 and a half pounds of fat. Where I have fifty. Oh, I maybe I, mean, I had forty nine. Let me so, look at something. You missed it. So, so you're not that far off me. So no, this well, one here. Look, skeletal muscle mass. Yeah, 80. yeah, yeah. No, no, no. But this is the this is really the the key ones right here. So it's, what we're talking about, um, you people, <laughs> is a PDF printout of our of our everything it has all the information. So your 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 dream your your um your lean body mass. That's it. 144.8. And yours is what, 150? 152. Oh, okay. No. Yes, 152. Oh. And my, your, body, your body fat was 82.5. My body fat was 49 and a half or something. And your weight is 227. Mine was 202. Huh. Okay, so you're not that. I mean, you know, it's not like you're not that far off. Oh, wow. Okay. I mean, um, so, yeah, yeah. So, and your basal metabolic rate is, oh, so your, ba your, your basal metabolic rate is a little lower than mine. So, you burn, because you have less body mass, you burn 1,789 calories a day. I burn 1,866. I see. So the more muscle you have, the more you can eat, right? Okay, cool. So, um, so, so she, said, she said that that was your coma state, like that, that yeah. seven, 1,789. Yeah, bed rest if, or whatever, if, did nothing. No, if, if you were in a coma, like yeah. if, if you were just asleep, you'd, you'd burn more. So then, so, th so you, did she give you this number? This must be my... Um, I have the exact same kind of thing. Okay, right, yeah. Yeah, so... Um, interesting. So a couple of things about this, which is really interesting. I mean... Right, so is I, I noticed that it's kind of like profiling a slow computer program. It's like there's usually one or two hotspots that are like eighty percent of the sluggishness is because mm. of like some copying some string over and over again. That's like three megs or something, right? There's one or one database or one SQL query, and if you just fix that one thing, you got eighty percent of the win. For me, it was the sugar that yeah. I was eating at breakfast at lunch, and then when I fixed it, and it was like like this this diet chocolate mix it tastes just as good like i wouldn't even tell the difference <laughs> it's not like i'm like going oh well jason that's great that you're doing that but i mean can you maintain it like you know that's the thought right like oh so you're eating um tofu and an egg white for breakfast like great that's you know let's see like a week and then you're gonna be like screw this right like right. that's just not so the thing is you kind of kind of hack it but the thing is is really at least for me 
it was really zooming in and it was like two hot spots. It was that Coke at lunch and it was a big, the orange juice and mocha, like just kind of. It's amazing that you never got obese. Well, I, <laughs> well, I did. I mean, I, I mean, you, well, were, you were, you were, you were getting there. But well, you know, like, 25% body fat is considered at the low end of obese. I was 24.5. I was knocking on the fat, I was locking on the fat man's door. That is interesting. Yeah. That was entry, almost entry level fat. Oh, I'm, <laughs> no, I'm, I definitely, I'm definitely knocked and entered. Yes. But, well, <laughs> well, you know what? But you've made no real, I mean, you've made a couple efforts to diet, but I mean, it's not right, like, right. I mean, I was, that's what thing was funny when Phil blew by me. I was like, I was the fit athlete friend. He was the chubby yeah. comedian friend. Right. And then he, I'm like, wait a minute. Okay. My whole self concept self-image is just getting well the other thing is you were always the adjuvant to get him to do stuff but now he's got you to do stuff yeah well that's what they that's saying like oh you know you're the average of your five closest friends that's why your friends do have an influence on you they do have an impact so when you're around people who are negative or kind of your eeyores you know (laughs) you can't do this you can't do that this and that and that's one thing phil's wrestled with he has some friends who are just constantly oh you can't you're not gonna lose that much weight or that's not really possible or you're too old to do that or now he's like i'm gonna get really strong oh you can't really do that and he's doing it yeah he's like now but not only he blew it and they're all like wow i guess you you did that he's gotten so far past them because he was way fatter than them right and they're like you know typical kind of little mark a little bit of weight 215 220 pounds not 270 so now he's so much fitter he's like a 14% 14% body fat that he can't even talk about them because it'd be like putting in their face. Yeah. <laughs> but they're still downers about everything. Oh, wow. And, and that's the thing is, it's like, I kept telling them, like, you can't, don't hang out with people. I mean, it's better to just not be around anybody than be around people who are like naysayers. And you need to be around people who are A, positive, but also people who kind of bring in new possibilities, you know? And like, I mean, I give myself minimal credit, but me, for me saying, you know, keep telling Phil, do it. I'm like, go after the Wolverine. You can do it. And he's like, yeah, I can do it. Right. And if he hadn't been talking to me and he'd been talking to one of his Eeyore friends and they're like, oh, you know, I don't know. I think 225, you're okay now. Right. All right. So I know we've been talking about this for a bit. I'm going to talk about something okay. that's on the same subject, but it's different. So consider this a, a different segment, even though it's actually about the same thing. Yeah. Sure, so th- this is the, 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 another piece was the hit workout right so high intensity interval training yeah so i've been doing that and and you've been doing that i actually find that really easy like i mean basically what it is is you do in theory um like 20 seconds really hard cardio like 20 or 30 seconds really hard cardio at 100 percent not a fast jog at a height as fast as you can do it so what would be what what's your heart rate at, at about 170 one se- oh, okay. 167 one se- well you're not quite doing that yet are you yeah I, I, I have well on the machine that I use uh, it has these kind of arms which don't measure your heart rate mm-hmm. so then I put when I'm finished with the high intensity I put them on the part where it does measure the heart rate yeah. it takes about 20 seconds to, to calibrate it mm-hmm. and then to mm-hmm. report it it's about 155 after that 20 seconds well you know so uh, maybe I am at the 160, 170. Yeah, yeah. You know, I, I mean, yeah. The, okay, well, a couple of things. I mean, one, it's like the fitter you are, the harder you can push yourself. Right. Um, obviously, the fitter you are, the, the harder you push yourself to get your heart rate up. But sometimes you have to get sort of in shape in order to get yourself in shape. And that's why I kept telling you, like, don't, you know, my recommendation to you from, this, from the last freaking started is don't go nuts. Like, you're like, well, I'm going to do it. I'm going to do what Phil's doing. I'm going to do the strong lifts. I'm like, you know, Phil spent a whole year before he got to strong lifts. He would just go and do 20, 30 minutes of bike, 
do little bit intervals, maybe light intervals. He would do the the dumbbells and kind of like just make it a habit. This is about habit formation for you. You need to just show up at that gym six days a week, 15, 20 minutes, like it's like brushing your teeth. You just do it. It's not a big deal. It's not a big production. But then like all of a sudden, a year from now, you're down, you lost a bunch of weight. You're like, I think I might go to the next level. (laughs) I'm looking pretty damn good. Like you get a little motivated. But right now you try to, you get too, it's just too much. And Mm -hmm. that's like, so like when, um, well, anyway, it's, use the power. Just trying of to recalibrate at this stage. Use the power of gradualism. Form a habit. Start small. Once you see a little bit of progress, you get kind of excited. It won't be just about um, because it's not just about the promise that you're going to reach this level. It'll be sunk cost. Like, oh, I've already lost five pounds. I got some momentum going. I see this blood in the water. I can get another fifteen, no problem. But the high intensity training stuff is interesting. Well, so the version that I'm doing anyway. Because uh, I, I was reading on BBC an article about it, about a reporter who tried to do it. And just uh, the theory is, is if you just do it like even once a week, just do so three bursts of 20 seconds once a week for four weeks, it basically changes your metabolism. Yeah. They're not, I, I don't know if they're sure why, but I mean, it, it seems good. It just seems good to me. It's not difficult. When I think about that in my mind, even though it's, there's a five minute warm up, there's like two minutes between each 20 second burst and there's a five minute warm down. It's kind of like like 17 minutes or 18 minutes. Even though it's that, I just think about the the 20 second burst. So I just think, oh, I'm just going into the gym for like 60 seconds workout, you know? Yeah, not much. Yeah, it doesn't feel like a lot, yeah. No, I mean, it's... Because the other part isn't hard. It's not hard to do just medium. No, it's not. five minutes, yeah. See, here, and and it's, and that's, and that's, they've kind of overturned a lot of the... Uh, the science on like what actually works for a long time it was consumed that long uh, cardio sessions of low moderate um, heart rate is what burn fat that's not, that's not to be true like you can lose fat but it's way way easier to uh, lose fat doing interval training because what according to the hit, the research on hit training and you can go to wikipedia and look it up there's been three there's three major studies been done on it and um the the estimate is that you're you might look like, let's say that you, um, you got, you did 45 minutes on the elliptical or the bike and you're kind of keeping your heart rate around 135, re- between 125, 145, kind of whatever. You might burn 450, 500 calories, depending. Um, but if you did, you do hit trading for 15, 20, you do just what you're doing, you're going to, you may only burn 200, 250 calories in that 20 minutes, 15, 20 minutes. You'll end up burning way more than the 450 over the next two days. So if they say 38 hours, you have what's called the afterburn is the sort of the colloquial term, but it's called EPOC, uh, excessive post-oxygen consumption. And your body, for whatever reason, once you go to that state where you hit your VO2 max or right up near there and you go anaerobic and you do that at least a few times or a handful of times, then your body enters a state that you're metabolizing fat and burning calories for a lot longer. So you... you it's so hard to burn off the fat. What you want to do is get your body in a state that is just doing it for free. I heard that there was some kind of genetic marker that made some people more predisposed to the good, the goodness of hit training than others. Yeah, Phil said something about that too. Yeah. So I, I hope that I've got it. <laughs> <laughs> it got the, yeah, the, the super fuel. But the hit, so I've done the hit training uh, as well. And it's, it's um, the only problem with it for me is um, I've gone so intensely that my i'm not recovering quickly enough my legs are like rubbery for like a day or two like i had to i had to skip doing it yesterday because i, I just just felt like jello huh. i just my legs were not recovered and i have a soccer game tonight so i'm like i can't but 
Um, but I have a soccer game tonight, and I'll do I'll do it again on Saturday or whatever. But interesting. I mean, you want to push as hard as you can, but you don't want to injure yourself, and you don't want to be dumb. It's kind of it's the, the the two the two like sort of rails. On one side is you don't want to injure yourself, you don't want to be overtrained, and sometimes you have to be. It's a fine line between that and just make, training hard. And the other part is you want know, the other side like, well, I don't want to be too hard. I want to take it easy, and you're just really just being lazy. Right, right. Because a lot of people err on the side of laziness, and they're like, you know, using any excuse not to do it. All right. Well, so do you want to talk about the Texting Summit for quickly, yeah, just to get it. that in? So, um, so we have, I think we have eleven people confirmed at this stage. I think it's that I, I can't remember off the top of my head, but it's very, very close to the twelve. Mm-hmm. So it's very likely that it's going to be happening. In fact, it's kind of like ninety-five percent positive. But the, there's some question of the date, whether it's going to be the weekend of the 12th or the weekend of the 18th. Um, we would like a couple more people to uh, to sign up so that we can define exactly what the date is going to be. Um, because it's pretty e- evenly split between, like, there's, there's a couple of people who can't attend the 11th and 12th, the, the weekend of the 12th, and the same for the 18th. So if some, if some more people sign up, that'll be the deciding factor. Yeah, so. sounds good. Because uh, once, because once we pick the date, then we can go reserve a block of rooms. Exactly. And um, exactly. there's, there's, there, I mean, there's a bunch of nice hotels within like you know a half mile, quarter mile. We, we want to make it so people can just park their car and they just walk. And there's one particular in the courtyard. And I think it's called the courtyard or Greater Marriott, and it's like a block and a half off of Old Town. So it's the kind of thing that you know we'll probably have the majority of our stuff right in Old Town. Yeah. Um, in which case, people can just kind of walk out the door and walk a couple blocks, and you're at another cool restaurant. So when you go to textinglive.com forward slash summit and reserve your spot, don't worry about the fact that you're basically paying money up front and not knowing the date. Because if you if you can't if if the final date is decided and you can't make it, you'll get a refund minus the PayPal fees. So Yeah. Yeah. We're not we're not uh not trying to take anyone's money. Yeah, exactly. We just want to make sure that we don't like playing this thing and we have 30 people emails and they show up and then like four people show up and we're like Whoa, exactly okay, exactly the, the the reason for the money is just to get the commitment just to show that people are serious yeah yeah um so uh oh one thing real quick uh, uh you know not to make this a fitness show but i want to ask you one thing you, you the soil you like soil in a ship did you get it or what Okay, so it, they sent me a silent tracking email, and they what I <laughs> what I got was after after being like really anxious about it, what I got was a second like jar for mixing soilant. So they've sent me two mixing jars. No soilant. No soilant. That's actually kind of funny. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> this is the jar your soil is going to go in. But yeah, you don't get the soilant. But in the meantime. Um, I've, I've, I have been trying out the Soylent concept. You know that I got some... So, custombodyfuel.com, if you go there, there's... Oh, a, I thought it was DIY Soylent. Well, the, yeah. DIY Soylent's the, like, the open source version, but the guy who made it for me has a website called custombodyfuel.com. Okay. And you'll see on there, there's a fuel called Justin Fuel, which he kind of formulated for me. Oh, because everybody has, yeah. like, their own <laughs> formula, custom formula. Right, yes. Yeah. That's cool. So, um, so he sent that to me. I tried it out. It was, it was okay. I mean... It, it had the chia seeds in it, and they get kind of like a little bit slimy. Okay. So I, d- I didn't quite like that vibe, so I kind of left the chia seeds out. But I found another, uh, given that I I have to take, do 188 grams of protein a day, which is like pretty difficult to do that much protein. So I started doing different protein mixes, and I found one that's kind of cool, and I just used the Soylent jug for it. But I must admit, it, it just doesn't, t- it's just not nice to just leave that in the jug all day. Like, so then you go at the end of the day and it just, just doesn't work. I've like, so 
it's a pain in the ass to make the shakes one at a time, but it, t- it that's the only way they actually taste nice anyway with this mix that I've got. So that's what I want. You know, so I, in order to get the protein, uh, the, I had to get protein shakes. Yeah. I, I ate like a protein bar. But, but you just shake it with a... Yeah, a couple things. One of the protein bars, Quest, they yeah. are fantastic. Problem is, my, uh, the thing is, my kids are now like like vultures <laughs> circling them. Like, oh, can I have the cookie? What can I have the brownie? I'm like, get away from my protein bar. But I'll, I think I'm just going to let them have them because... There's no way keeping them away. It's just, yeah, right. they're just, this is a con- relentless barrage from the kids. They're so good. The Quest has like, like no sugar, like one gram of sugar yeah. and like 23 or 27 grams of protein. Where do you get that? Just any, any? Uh, you can get it at the GNC or the vitamin store. Oh, I think. okay. So it's like a, I see. And they're fantastic. So anyway, I also got a protein shake because, you know, I, you know, I figure I want to eat protein bars all day. Protein bars get a little expensive. Yeah. Um, I just like to have one before I go to the gym. So these protein shakes, I got those. I'll put a link to it. It's like in a tech and it's like a mint chocolate and it's like one gram of sugar, 110 calories and like 27 to 30 grams of protein. Yeah. It is so damn good. Oh, uh, and give I just, me a link. Give oh me a my link. God. I mean, if you like mint chocolate, that kind of thing and you just mix it with water. So, and I got one of those blender bottles. Do you ever see those? Yeah. So it's like a little, it's just like a little, like a, uh, you know, whatever, like a plastic bottle that you would put your drink in or whatever. But it has like this like metal thing in there that helps mix it up. So rather than having to get, break out the damn blender and make a big mess and have to clean the blender, it's a big production. It makes a ton of noise and wakes the kids up. It's like you just pour some water in that, pour, shake it up, and then drink it out of that and then you rinse it out well, and you're done. So why does that that shaker work? I mean, it's, does it have like little bits inside it that like break up the powder or is it, it just... It just has a metal ball that has like a like wired ball and it just does it. But anyway, it works okay. like a charm. Okay. Is no production, which I hate, like headache, like yeah. you know, and cleaning. So, stuff. do you get that blender thing from GNC as well? Yeah, it's like ten bucks or seven bucks. Okay. It's nothing. It's called blender bottle. Anyway, those those shakes are so good, and so it's like three of those a day. You have like 80, 90 grams of protein. You can just eat your normal meals practically. You wouldn't really have to have anything. All else. right, well, give give me a link to that. That sounds and that's good. That's just that's yeah. the hack, you know, because yeah, because like. You know, you're you're trying to eat like that much chicken or fish or what? Be you're just gonna be like, oh, you know, you're just gonna be like, yeah. I can't eat no more chicken. <laughs> I know the chicken. <laughs> Got an entire chicken on the chicken oh. already. <laughs> oh, one thing I want to say, I forgot to mention this earlier, and then we'll totally drop the fitness thing. I um, so far, so it's been a little over a month. I'm down about six six to seven pounds. And I've, lost, and I've lost two inches off my waist. That's not bad. So that's not bad. I, I spiked as low as down to like 197, so about, uh, as low as eight pounds down, but it's not holding. It's more like 199, one, you know, 90. But anyway, but that's about, so you, you really, it's hard to lose more than like a pound and a half a week continuously. Um, Good you job. Know, and you get a little psyched and gets down and then it, your thing is your body fluctuates. Yeah. And so it drifts down and you're like, yes. And then it goes up three pounds. You're like, damn it. Well, because I was, re- uh, yeah, the, that did the hacker's diet, which is something I looked at a while ago, it had a great explanation about that. Just the fact that we have between 10 and 15 pounds worth of fluids and solids going through our system every day. Yeah. So, so you have to do this kind of, what would you say, like a rolling average? Yeah. I mean, every, uh, yeah. like a, a, a trailing. Because like you can go average. up and down like, you know, three, four pounds, even in a single day. You know, what's weird. I would weigh like, I would weigh myself and then I would have like a really small dinner that probably you know, physically weighed less than half a pound and I gained a pound and a half. I'm like, how does that? I like to understand the physics of that. Like, how does that happen? <laughs> it must be fluids. Pound? But it, I only consumed. It didn't. I don't think it weighed an, a pound and a half. You didn't have water? It wasn't physically a pound and a half of food. But when I had the food in the water, 
wouldn't weigh that much. You made one of those machines. What are they called? Those free energy machines? What are they called? <laughs> free energy machines? You know, like you basically... Oh, perpetual motion Yeah, you, you basically, you, you're creating, you're creating Weight. energy, mass, like, which is energy out I, of thin air. Yeah, I just like to understand the physics and the chemistry of that. Like, <laughs> this doesn't seem possible. How is that even possible? Um, but yeah, we should do, you know, <laughs> we should uh, get get listeners, uh, you know, get uh, the, the Operation Superhero movement going oh <laughs> <laughs> well, everybody who's feeling like you know what i let myself go a little bit i've seen a picture of myself it was a little embarrassing kids are making fun of me like i gotta i gotta get this ship righted like that's that's operation superhero that's not a bad idea but you can't just go home and lose 15 pounds you're like you know what i'm gonna look like that i'm gonna get myself that fit oh it showed picture phil showed me some uh, i found some pictures because I, I, I emailed uh i emailed phil just kind of joking around and, and a picture of hugh jackman training for the wolverine and he was doing the deadlifts and the squats he was doing the heavy lifts the strong huh. lifts workout so how long is it going to take me to get like wolverine do you think if you did it <laughs> I, just, I just can't well, let's even, see i mean i can't even like think of my own mind. well you have to that's the whole part you have yeah. to you have to believe it you have to go All you right. can't you can't like you know so phil went well, of course, Phil didn't really start believing it, anything close to that for quite a while. He Not when he was 270. No, he was just like, well, I'm going to try and get down to 230. And yeah. He would always say stuff like that. But he took him a year to June, but he'll probably be at like 10% body fat by his birthday in October. And, we, and, and that's with lifting weights, too. So he will literally be ripped, like a super <laughs> fit guy in October. So, so it, 15 it takes months, a year. 16 months, 15, 16. Okay. not long, not long to go from, you know. Yeah, it isn't. Especially when you're working every day and the days fly by. It does. Okay, so that's it. That's the fitness. Right. I know there's people listening going, enough for the fitness already! I don't give a crap! All right. <laughs> so, uh, what's what's next? What's next? Um, well, let's see. I got a ton of stuff, but I'll... Uh, oh, so I'll start off. I was um, on um, the uh, podcast Bootstrapped with Kids. Oh, nice. Did, uh, let me get my link here to it. Was that wasn't that a while ago, or was that recently? Uh, that was a couple weeks ago. Uh, let me see here. Bring my. It's uh, with Scott Yule is is the um, yeah. is the uh, host um, or one of the hosts. I think there's another host, but he was the um, the one who interviewed me. Um, really nice guy. So it was called Life. It's called Life Hacks with Jason Roberts. <laughs> oh, nice. It was just kind of a funny show. I mean, it wasn't like he was just asking me a bunch of I don't know. See, the, the, one of the things he wanted to know most about was like, how do I get so much stuff done? You know, I guess I come across as productive or something. Mm-hmm. Um, or I come across as a spaz. I mean, however you want to. <laughs> <laughs> um, tension deficit disorder. Uh, however you want to think about it. But um, so we were kind of talking about that. And my basic thing was, or my basic message was, I was just like, cut out the stuff that wastes your time. I mean, the fact that I work at home and I don't have to commute or do meetings or deal with that stuff saves me a lot that of, makes sense a lot of time yeah commute i mean c- people commute like up to 20 hours a week yeah i mean you know i think the most people probably commute 30 to 40 minutes some people obviously hour hour and a half commutes because they're the crazy commutes you know people are way out in the exurbs and yeah whatever but even then it's like the commute is not as like getting ready to drive getting in the car driving and then and then afterwards you're just blown out it takes a while to recover from that you're just like, oh, God, you know, it probably takes 15 minutes to a half hour at least to just sort of get your bearings because you were just in the car for so damn long. So what else? So so basically 
cut out cut out the unneeded thing. Well, anything else? I, I mean, obviously that's not an advice so much as is that's probably why I can do a little bit more than some people because I don't I'm not burdened with that. Um, so for some people, if you have a job and you don't live near it, well, there's not really much you can do about it, right? Um, right. So I don't know. I mean, we talk about a lot of stuff. I mean, the other thing is just going for like doing two things at once, three things like the two for ones. Like my big one, when you have kids, you oh, really yeah, got to do it. That, that hack with the kids at the gym. Take the kids to the gym because you three, you, it's, 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 it was the best, it was the best sort of parent hack I ever accomplished. And I, and I would always tell people like at the end of the day, especially if your wife is, is watching the kids for most of the day, she is going to have be on her last nerve come about 4 o'clock because the kids get this really bad energy where they still have a lot of energy they haven't released and they're starting to get t- a little tired and grumpy and it's just bad. And that's also a point where your wife is just about had it. And that's the point where you grab the kid, <laughs> you say, I'm going to save your life, kid. <laughs> you head off to the gym and then you can go and work out or play sports or whatever you want to do. And the, the kids happy because they get to go crazy and ha- socialize with lots of the kids. You get to exercise because well, you leave them in the child care. Yeah, right? a lot of lot of most gyms have like a like a child care thing built into it. That's cool. Lots of the kids, and then you come home and your wife gets a couple hours. What, herself what age could you start taking them to the to that child care? Six months. That young? Oh, they have babies here. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And of course, even if there aren't a lot of babies, they'll be like, oh, the baby, and they just spend all the time. With, mm. One of them will spend their whole time with the baby, and then one's kind of play. So they just, it's great. Wow. That's great. So, and then, like I said, when you get home, your wife has gotten to do whatever she wanted. She wanted to take a nap. She wanted to go exercise. She wanted to, you know, do whatever she wanted to do. And then she's like a brand new wife. You get home and she's like, instead of being like, you know, kind of grumpy and tired and stressed, she's like, hey guys, you know, <laughs> and she's like a total new brand new wife. That's cool. So anyway, things like that. But, um, and I just got an email, um, from, uh, another, uh, from uh, Matt Goldman, who's the, uh, he's the, I guess he's the host of something, How to Build a Rocket Ship, the yeah. podcast. Yeah, How to Build a Rocket Ship, and he just invited me on, so. Oh, nice. That just happened this morning, so I guess I'll be on another podcast. That's great. So that's kind of neat. Um, and the reason I guess he found, I guess he got to know of me was because of the uh, Lux Surface Area blog post. Oh. This <laughs> is so funny. This cool. is a certain blog post. It's like... I don't know. They just go and go and go and go. Is this weird? Yeah. No. So uh, I don't know. So I'm making the. I guess I'm on the podcast circuit these days. Yeah. The Jason, the famous podcaster. <laughs> yeah. Well. So how did it go last week? How'd you feel about last week's show with Rob and his developer? Well, I thought I thought it was really good. It was. I felt I felt a bit kind of selfish about it because it was such a. It was like really for me so much, but uh, I think it was good. I mean, uh, there was definitely a few you know a uh, number of listeners who said. Um, sent emails and uh, said in the comments that they really enjoyed the show. I, I just thought it was good. I mean, I really like talking about tech stuff, you know, and seeing how they'd architected it and how they'd put it together. Um, it's great. You know, what, what, what were the doing. big wins for you? Um, it's really validation. Like, so I'd kind of been thinking along the same lines, you know, as, as you would like, you know, being a technologist. Um, but I, I still didn't want to like, just just do something based on kind of a hunch mm-hmm. like so the, the the really big one was um how to deal with because every time the widget's loaded on on someone's website basically it sends a ping back to your server right mm-hmm. so that's a lot of a lot of data so i was kind of thinking it should probably be put into a, a job a queue first before putting into the database mm-hmm. but i just wanted to validate that so it was good to get that validated and some of the other you know some of the other stuff as well yeah, it was very good. That's good. 
So um, I heard you, I heard you there was a couple um there were couple of uh, dead air moments on the show. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, it, it wasn't I mean there there wasn't total dead air and I and any any that there was I kind of edited, edited them out. <laughs> I mean it seemed but, a little yeah. a little quicker. But definitely there was there was kind of one point where like uh Rob and me were like yeah, this why you get Jason on the show. <laughs> <laughs> I fill funny. all gaps. Yeah, that was funny. You know, I mean, literally, you just like wind him up and watch him go. Like, <laughs> yeah, well, I felt bad after the last show. I realized I was a bit of a fire hose, and it was sort of unbalanced. So I'm, um, I'm trying not to do that this show, even though I'm excited about things. Like, well, no, you should do that this show because I don't actually have very much. So, so this show, I want it. <laughs> <laughs> all right, you people, you heard it. So I, I just got the green light, fire hose. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, so what, what topics do you have anyway? Oh, a bunch. Well, so, um. The first one, there's something I'm really excited about. Um, I haven't even talked about the show. I've mentioned it to you a little bit, but um, so one of the things that I've talked about, I have talked about on the show over the past couple of years is wanting to learn electronics. Right. Like not, not like, oh, I'm going to buy an Arduino and I'm going to mess, I'm going to plug a few things based on some instructions and then that's it. Like I want to be able to design a circuit from scratch. Like I can design a computer program. You know, because to me, when I look at these really advanced schematics and like, oh, this does this and this other stuff, it's like, to me, it looks like magic. Just like someone probably looks at, who doesn't know how to code, looks at a computer program and they're like, I have no idea what, how, how does somebody just create a computer program? It just seems like a big mystery. It seems like magic, right? Yeah, I don't even think of it like a person creates it. I just think of it, that's what companies like stamp. I don't it imagine there's exists. people involved. It's just like, yeah, it just, it's just, it's, it's, it's etheric. Yeah. It's so, too complicated. Which is like how people probably think of a computer program. So if you were talking to somebody like, and I ask, what do you do? Because I was talking to Phil about this yesterday. Someone says, well, what do you do? And he's like, well, I, I'm, uh, I guess you'd say I'm a software developer. And they're like, well, what is that? He's like, well, like you use Photoshop, right? He, I guess the person he was talking to was a photographer. And she's like, yeah. And he's like, well, somebody wrote that. She's like, oh, Right, like, like it people just don't like it's just this thing, Photoshop just doesn't materialize. There's <laughs> <You know? laughs> tens or hundreds of thousands of man hours have gone into writing every line of code, and the same thing goes with all these advanced digital and analog electronics. That well, I must admit, even like even you know making something like Photoshop seems a bit magical to me. Yeah, you know, I mean, because it's because the the sphere that we work in is kind of interpreted interpreted it's it's kind of html css it kind of seems easy right if i compare that to something like photoshop that seems see i used to do a lot of that uh, right. windows and application development so to me it's just it's no different than the the jump between well i mean it's like doing mobile development app and, and web development i mean mm -hmm. there's a few weeks there you're like what the hell you know why are we doing it this way and then you go oh, okay this is kind of, it's all the same. It all comes down to loops, conditionals, functions, and parameters. You know what I mean? It's just variables. But it's what just, about the, I, I guess what I'm thinking about with Photoshop is not so much the Chrome. Like that's, I get that. But like, it's like ripple filters and, you know, like color selectors and, you know, just, just like really highly mathematical. The algorithm. Yeah, al algorithmical stuff seems very like magical to me. Yeah, well, I mean, you know, they're just, like you said, they're just algorithms. Like physics, you know, and, and also those guys who make physics algorithms, like stuff, you know, balls bouncing around and things, I find that all amazing. Yeah, I mean, that's pretty neat. But yeah, I, it's like anything, they're all miracle functions, the outside seem like miracles, but then if you unpack them and take the time to understand them, you can understand them. Not that you can understand them in 15 minutes. I yeah. mean, understand them could take six months, but it's just, it's everything comes down to... That's what Guyon's good at, right? 
Gavin is very good at algorithms. Yeah, I mean, he's very strong in that area mathematically, and yeah, he's he's he's, he's sort of he's pretty amazing. Um, so anyway, so I've been talking about the past two years about learning wanting to learn how to design circuits. And this kind of started, I mean, I wanted initially to learn in high school. I, I had bought a book and was trying to work through it. And then I got sidetracked because I asked my, um, my advisor who, uh, who became my, you know, he was, he was my officially my academic advisor, but he came sort of my mentor and I did lots of independent studies with him in math. And Steve Segur. Steve Segur. Right. Good memory. I like that. That's good. Impressive. Um, so what, and Steve Segur's a famous guy. He's actually was member. He was mentioned by name on an episode of Numbers. Probably right. never happened to any other high school teacher. He's never mentioned by name, other than Sally. Was it Sally? Right? Was it the teacher who uh, was the teacher who died in like Challenger accident? I have no. But idea. he's the only one. He's probably only t- any teacher probably ever mentioned by name on, an, on, a, on a major drama TV show. Yeah. Anyway. So um, Steve got me sidetracked because I was telling him I was trying to learn that. And he's like, well, to really understand circuits and, you know, these things you need to understand differential equations. So when you start teaching yourself calculus, and I was a freshman. So then he kind of got me off on the math sidetrack. I never got back to it. <laughs> um, and it wasn't until two or three years ago, Colby, you know, I think Sandy got Colby like this electronics kit. Yeah, Colby, you know, my, he was now nine. It was probably sixth or seventh time. Um, the electronics kit and I just kind of looking at it I was like this the problem is kind of like it's it's just a series of they, they, it doesn't explain the theory at all like they don't understand why anything's working it's just plug this in and something fun, neat happens and so I was like I wish I could kind of explain to them like what is a resistor what is a capacitor what is a transistor like why why do these things work and and so I I kind of first said well I kind of bought a couple of books and tried to teach myself a little bit about a breadboard and I was trying to do stuff with Colby but then I realized I just didn't understand it well enough to teach Colby because I didn't know myself well enough. Yeah. And 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 then when we try and do stuff it was sort of frustrating because I wasn't sure why things are working and that's not a good experience for a kid when you're you're both kind of fumbling around, you know. So, but it, and I and I just kind of fell by the wayside. And a couple I bought a couple of books over the over, you know, and, and tried to teach myself a little bit here and there, but what happened is you get to like chapter 3 or 4, you lose momentum because it's getting complicated, you get stuck on a few things, there's no solution, and you don't really understand why something is, and then you just because of other demands in life, you just stop. And I'm like, you know, I wonder, I'd really like to really learn this stuff. I can't remember something got me thinking about it. And I went on this website called Wyzant, with W-Y-Z-A-N-T, and um, kind of, you know, the joke is wise as in W-I-S-E, wise. So, um, and you can find tutors, right? And a lot of tutors are for like, you know, you know, a, you know, you could be as much as, like, as small as like kindergarten, first grade stuff through high school, you know, test prep, you know, chemistry, calculus, whatever. But they also had tutors on there who had advanced degrees and PhDs, and they were tutoring people in things like differential equations and linear algebra and organic chemistry and even graduate level stuff. And um, you just type in your zip code, and they show here's the people around you who will drive in your area. And they would do it as cheap as twenty five and as expensive as a hundred dollars an hour. So do they tutor you in person? Yes. Oh. So I looked and I was searching around and I found. At four, there were probably probably about seven or eight, at least four who had PhDs in electrical engineering and would tutor in electrical engineering. Hmm. And wow. they ranged in price from forty to sixty dollars an hour. That's it. 
That's nothing, right? And so for, for that kind of level of expertise. And uh, so I emailed three of them and, and had a short conversation with them. Two of them work at JPL. Um, one of them works at a, um, he does machine learning data science stuff now at a company in Santa Monica. And uh, the one, and I said, well, this, the one guy's $40. He seemed really friendly and really positive. We had a nice conversation. He was at, he's from Italy. Um, and a uh, guy's PhD from UCLA about a year, a little over a year ago. And now, like I said, works at JPL. And he's like, um, he's like, yeah. And I told him, I said, look, I, I'm not in school, but this is what I want to do. I want to <laughs> learn this stuff. And I, you know, I'm just like I said, I'm struggling learning on my own. I, I want to do one-on-one. I, it's one-on-one instruction, like a deliberate practice. Kind of like, uh, you know, it's, it's, well, anyway, so we, we talked about that. And he was like, yeah, he's like, we can do this. And uh, so then we met on Tuesday night over at uh, Coffee Bean over on Lake Street. And we sat there for two hours. And he had actually created an entire syllabus. He's like, well, here is part phase one. <laughs> and uh, I guess he was estimating like about six weeks. There's a lot of stuff. And I said, you think we can get through six weeks? He's like, yeah. And so we'll do it. We're going to meet twice a week, Tuesday nights, 7.30 to 9.30. So get home, eat dinner. You know, go work out, go home, eat dinner, kiss the wife and kids in bed, and then I head off for two hours. And then on um, either Friday during the day, every other because every other Friday he gets off, or on the Saturday or Sunday sometime. And so you've so you haven't done your first lesson yet. You just kind of started the. the yeah, so we just spent two hours just talking about things. He we yeah. walked through the syllabus. He was yeah. explaining some things to me, and he's like, "All right, so he's like, this is how I think it'll work. Is I'll come in, I'll explain stuff for five or ten minutes." If you want to take on little notes, whatever, and then we'll start working problems and problems and problems, drawing circuits, explaining them, doing problems. He's like, we're going to start first. We need to do a little bit of math because he's going to get some base, some physics stuff, Faraday's law of induction and stuff. So there's some physics and some differential equations we need to work through. And I said, well, you know, I, I said I majored in math in college, but I was pure math, so we never did differential equations. I'm embarrassed to say. And he's like, yeah, no problem. It's it's actually pretty easy. That's great. And uh, but you know, so the thing about meeting these kind of people is like you never. It, it's the chemistry is important. Right. Hmm. So if you meet somebody, oh, like, right, right. this guy's going to be, or this person is going to be my one-on-one instructor. So if the person is kind of, I don't know, you just don't really connect. It's just not going to be a very uh, comfortable or fun experience or enjoyable experience. And I think for the long term, that's important. And so I was going to meet with each of these three guys that I talked to, but then we met. And I'm like, this guy's perfect, really smart really enthusiastic loves the subject he's like i was like this stuff seems really fun he's like yeah it is it is really fun it's really cool i was like it seems like magic he's like yeah it's cool and so he's he's really good he has a bunch of patents he's done published a lot of papers i mean he does this all day wow. at jpl i mean so he's not like some guy well i took electronic engineering a few years ago and i kind of remember it. like now he ta'd and taught courses so he is that's great on it, and he, and since he just got out a year ago, and he's continued. He's he's he's, he's tutoring a couple of different graduate students. And so, what do you think you're gonna gonna do, like as a, as a kind of project? Well, I initially one of the things I said I wanted to do there was a a, a project on um, a, a site called uh, it's like a Kickstarter for science site called Experiment.com. It used to be called like Micro Kaiser or something. They renamed it luckily because that was a stupid name, a terrible name. Because I could I never could remember it. It was Experiment.com. And what it was, they had this one where this guy, um, uh, Saro is his name, S-A-U-R-O. He had a, a project where they're trying to model um, sort of genetic 
um, regulatory systems, which has like a built in feedback system using analog circuits. And really interesting. And he started talking about the power of analog computers. And he's like, you know, it was an idea that's kind of fallen by the wayside, but I think it's going to come back in because it had a lot of things it can do that are really powerful, low power, low power consumption, but a lot of computational power. And, mm. you know, and, um, Likewise, we talked about this a couple times in the show. This article, there's one particular article called DARPA has seen the future of computing in its analog hmm. for very low power, but you know, things that can use analog computers to solve problems. And there was another one, NeuroGrid, which is a, um, where they put like equivalent, like 400 million, uh, neurons on a single chip. The, you know, the model it directly, directly after how synapse and neurons work. So I think, I think there's all kind of cool things you can do. As I, and I kept saying, I like, like, I don't know enough to know what I can do, but I have this intuition that's a lot of cool stuff. And I said, I don't want to just buy an Arduino and dick around with that. Like, that is, to me just seems stupid. Like, I mean, I, I mean I'm sure people go and they have fun and they hook up their Arduino Raspberry Pi and they're like, oh, my garage door opens or oh, the makes a phone call and the light comes on. Like, that's kind of neat. But like, I want to be able to build an Arduino from scratch. You know, like, that's the level I want to go. And he's like, yeah, we can get there. And so I'm like, I, you know, he's like, so he's like, so from zero to hero, I was like, exactly, <laughs> from zero to hero. And so, um, and I said, well, how long do you think it would take at the rate we're talking about twice a week for an hour and a half, two hours to where, to be able to the point where I could design just looking at sort of this rough description of this genetic circuit, I mean, a genetic system that's a feedback and da, 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 you know how we can build like a, a, a we, I could design and implement an actual circuit that emulates that. He's like six to nine months. I'm like, that would be awesome. Holy crap. You're going to design Skynet on <laughs> Well, so, you know, and, and he said, you know, part of it depends on like how, how, you know, fast you pick stuff up and where your math is. If there's too, if there's a lot of, if there's too much, we have to spend a lot of time on the math, getting your math back up to speed and, and everything. So there's some, it depends, but, um, he's enthusiastic about it too. And I said, look, I want to make this fun for you. You know, I don't make, I, I, I want make this enjoyable for you. Like, I don't want to get painful. He's like, no, this is, I, I love doing this. This is cool. And I think he's really enthusiastic. And he's the fact that I'm so enthusiastic because he thinks it's neat. Hmm. Right. And I was like, you know, I've talked to people, I've been on the other side of the scenario, a situation where someone's like, well, I want to learn to code. I want to do this. And usually they say stuff and they don't do anything. So, are you going to be doing that in a cafe somewhere? Yeah, so we're going to do, I, I think we're, we're going to do it co- at the coffee bean. On Is it quiet nights. enough? Like, Yeah, yeah and we're going to do, and we're gonna do uh, Friday morning at 8.30 in the morning. Oh, all right. Um, okay, it's yeah. Before it gets too hot out. I said, but, you know, if it starts, if it's too hot, you know, you know BJ's, that restaurant? Yeah. <laughs> it's really big and open and air-conditioned and soft. And I said, you know, if we go like late afternoon, 2.34, when they're open, there's nobody's going to be there. We could just pick a table and, and work there, right? Did I tell you the story about the story? My story about BJ's. No. So um, Miko, who uh, was working was working with Digital, he was screen sharing with me one mm-hmm. time, and my calendar was open, and so I had um, set up an appointment. You know, my friend Richard, who I regularly see, uh, him, himself and a couple of uh, other guys, uh, we were, we were going to meet. A BJ's. Mm-hmm. So in the calendar, it just said, it just said like 6 p.m. BJ's with Richards and Richard and the guys. <laughs> he was like, like, I don't know what you're up to in here. Exactly. He's like, BJ's with Richard and the guys? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, anyway, sorry. You just reminded me of that. Yeah. Uh, it's, a, it's a nice place, though, isn't it? Mm, yeah, it's good. So anyway, we'll, we're going to see. I mean, I, I want to I make it kind of, we go, go to some place where it's kind of 
quiet, comfortable, gonna get some work done. And oh, so the other thing to do is though is I got to get um, an oscilloscope and a wave generator. Like it's it's gonna be hands on. So it's not. Gonna oh, it's just, getting real. So probably in a th- I asked him. I said, well, how long do we need? Uh, before I need to actually do kind of like the lab stuff, actually building stuff as opposed to just solving problems and drawing, you know, schematics. And that's like three to four weeks. So, mm-hmm. but so that where we go, we have people to, you know, have this kind of portable oscilloscope and stuff where people are like, what the hell are those guys Well, doing? this is going to be a nice little journey for the listeners as well. So yeah. listening to your progress. Yeah. Well, cause you know, so this, 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 I, I, I want to talk about this in general. So the idea that you can hire a PhD in anything, mm. pretty much. I mean, I was looking, you get a PhD in almost any subject, and um, and you get one-on-one instruction. You could basically create, it's almost like giving yourself a, a, a super accelerated graduate, undergraduate graduate degree. Mm. And I said, that's what I want to do. I said, I could, I could go and I could take the GREs again and apply to different graduate programs and do all this rigmarole, all logistics, and take a class, but that's going to be way less efficient. And ultimately more expensive either through time, not just money, but time doing that than if I just did this. And I was like, and I was like, you know, this, I said, this is going to be interesting for you. It's like, how quickly can you get me up to where I can actually, I can really do some real stuff. It's cool that he like had a whole syllabus there. Like, I, I mean, I would have thought he'd just be like, yeah, sure. What do you want to know? Like, but actually he has like a full syllabus mapped out from start to end. Yeah. Cause you know, I explained what I wanted to do. And it's kind of like if someone came to you and says, you know, Justin, I want to be able to do X, Y, and Z, and you're like, and they're really serious, and you're like, okay. And you actually sat back and thought about it, like, okay, I'm going to take you from not knowing how to code at all, and I'm gonna, you're going to be building, you know, interactive web apps in six months <laughs> or whatever. Like, what, where, where would you start? Like, and, and you get kind of into it. So, yeah. So, I was thinking, like, there's a sort of arbitrage. Like, right now, it's weird. It's like... You know, they talk about the shortage of STEM workers, but I think that's kind of... I mean, there's been a lot of articles debunking that. What is STEM workers? Science, technology, engineering, and math. Oh, okay. We need more people in STEM. We need more people in STEM. But you have all these people in STEM who still, you know, don't make very much money. Mm. You know, um, I mean, you could... There are people who, if you were build mobile apps and web apps or your data science stuff, sure... You know, you get paid a lot of money, and you're not going to get one of those people to tutor you for forty or sixty dollars an hour. But most of these other math and science things, they don't make a lot of money. You know, and there's and like getting tenure at some university is is like near impossible. No, but it's interesting because like what he's teaching you, you'll be you'll literally be able to build products with that. Yeah, at some technology point. Technology products. At some point, yeah. At some point, yeah, exactly. But you know, again, it's like. Just because you're an engineer doesn't mean you can create a company. Doesn't mean you're an entrepreneur. Right. Right. I mean, that's a whole other step. Um, it's going to be kind of cool to have that full that full insight along with the software insight. So then you can kind of think about the hardware and the software. Well, that's what I was saying. Like that's true full stack. Yeah. You know, like right now it's like I couldn't build. That's the thing that frustrates me. I see these kind of really cool, not not like the gadgets, but like a, like the thing about DARPA or thing about the New York. I'm like, that's awesome. I have no idea how to do that. Well, but even some of the things like where they build like little sensors, you know, like those, those kind of things or the internet of things. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, and you can kind of dick around with this stuff. And I bought a sensor and I hooked up my Arduino. I don't really understand how thing works, but I just kind of, you don't really, can't really do anything innovative. You can do a cute little maker project, which is fun. And there's nothing wrong with that. For most people, that's like, it's fun. It's a hobby. It's neat. But you really can't like you know, do anything. It's like the equivalent of somebody who gets a WordPress blog and does a couple plugins. 
<laughs> I wonder if you could take the same principle and say, let's say you had a product idea, right? And it was to build, I don't know, something like one of those sensors or mm-hmm. some internet of things. And you say to this guy, look, I really want to build this thing, but I have no idea how to build it. Can we take this as a project to like get from nothing to the completion of, the, of this thing into existence? Yeah, you know, I've talked to him a little bit about about that, like <coughs> about different projects, and I think I think I want to start with the um, the theory, the right? Genetic, the genetic, oh, genetic, circuits, okay, right. Modeling some of that stuff because I find synthetic, synthetic biology really interesting, mm-hmm. but there are other things that I think are really cool. I really like the neurogrid thing. Like, how would you design? How would you grow analog circuits that would model neurons and synapses? Like that to me sounds really interesting. I mean, that might be three years out. If I keep if I keep going with this, but I mean that that would be a lot of work. Maybe maybe not. Maybe not as long as that. But I don't know. This is just one of those things that's kind of like yeah. I always wanted to learn, and now there's a pathway to do it. So you know, if anyone, if any of our listeners, any of you people are out there, and you're thinking, you know, I always wanted to know. I always really wanted to know this stuff. I always want to know physics, or I wanted to know you know neuroscience or whatever. I mean, you go on one of these sites. A lot of times you could find them, or even on Craigslist, because he said he had done a lot of tutoring front people on t- mm. Craigslist. Um, and you can hire somebody and then just set up a regular thing and just do exactly what I'm doing here. I mean, it's a, it'll be a little expensive. So if it's forty dollars an hour, and we do, let's say we do um, twice a week for two hours, it might be a little less. That might be an hour and a half for two hours, but that's um, eighty. It's one hundred sixty a week. So three twenty six forty. So that's six forty a month. So you know. I mean, you're, you know, if you do over the year, over the year, that's, I don't know, seven, seven thousand or something like that. Um, which in one sense you say, well, that's kind of expensive, but considering what could be accomplished in a year, that would be a bargain. It'd be nothing. And you figure it probably wouldn't be that much because you'd be like holidays and stuff. You take a little bit of time off here and there, but so I don't know. And considering like probably most of our listeners are a good portion of them are software developers. They make pretty good living at what they do. And they can probably spend money on things, yeah. you know. Um, it's just kind of an amazing thing. And I, and I just haven't heard of anyone doing that. Everybody either, like, you do one of two things. You try and teach yourself on your own, which is really hard to do when it's a completely new field. It's one thing to say, oh, I'm going to learn a new JavaScript library. I'm going to learn Python, and I, or I know Python, I'll learn Ruby. Like, okay, that's easy. That's very doable. And we all will do that as just being part of our professional lives. Um, or you'd sign up for a MOOC. Those massively online courses at Coursera, edX, or whatever. The problem with that, though, is usually it's just one class, one class course in that field, and it's kind of done. It's sort of like the introductory course, right? And then a lot of people just don't ever get past. It's sometimes they get stuck. They don't. They don't. Like the attrition rate's really high. Or you go to grad school somewhere, which of course means like you're not. It's hard to keep a job while you're doing that. It can be kind of expensive, you know. Like this. There's nothing, there's nothing better than just one-on-one where you can actually ask someone about something. And they're just curtailing to you. I mean, I would, be, I would be interested, but I bet you it's probably somewhere to a 3 to 5x speed up and efficiency. Oh, yeah. And taking a course, at least. I could believe that. Maybe more. Anyway, All so right. that's, that's the thing I'm... That's the other thing I have the, the madness about at the moment. Yeah, great. So, uh, should, I, should I dare ask about some of the things you've had the madness about in the past? Sure. Where, where, are they, where are they at? Well, we had um, the card game. The card game. You want to talk um, about that? Yeah, the card game. Um, how things are going with some of your side projects? Mm-hmm. Yeah, let's have. Let's. So the card game is. I, I'm going to work on it. I, my plan is to work on it probably in August, the month before school. Okay. Because I really want to use it during the school year, 
And I, there's a couple of actual, like this, the projects I'm doing with other people that I need to kind of focus on a little bit. But I'm really, um, I'm very interested in that. I mean, the, I know the kids will love it. Um, I don't know. It's funny. I brought, I was up at Uber last week and I was telling some of the guys about it and they were getting really excited about it. Like a lot of people have talked about it. You know, people kind of geeks like us, they get, they're like, what kind of, what made you like lose the madness for it? What, what, why do you lose the madness? Well, I I didn't lose the madness. I stopped working on it just because I, I I had to finish up the God's tweets. It just kind of filtered out. No, I had, I was overburdened with, um, God's tweets and, um, the iPhone consulting project and um, Mighty High, the consulting project. Those two com- pro- consulting projects on top of Uber just killed me in the spring. Yeah. And um, I finished, I, okay, oh, so we finished the, the, I finished Mighty Hive. That's the one I was, you know, I've talked about. I did half of it for, for, for cash and half for um, convertible debt, which is yeah. kind of neat. So that'll be an interesting experiment to see how that pays out over the long term. Oh, wait. Uh, there's a lot to ask about. Like, I want to hear how your investment, your angel investment's going. Like, have you been checking in on your investment? Yeah, yeah. Um, I want to hear about how things are going with the empath. Mm-hmm. Yeah, those two. Let's hear about those two. Okay, well, first, let me just finish, finish up. So, um, the, so that's Mighty Hive. Uh, you know, I, I talk to Pete all the time. Um, they're great guys up there, and yeah. I, I, they're doing really well. So, yeah. I think my... My minor investment via convertible debt is is in good hands. Um, then I did the my, the God's Tweets project, the iPhone project that just sprawled into this massive all-consuming. Is that live? Club. We went through the whole thing, submitted to the App Store, got rejected by a couple of small things. Like there has to be a way for users to flag content, user user submitted content. Oh, which we thought wasn't re- like we thought. Oh, why bother doing that? But it seems like that is a they rejected, and there was some you agreeing to the you. Uh, there was like four or five small things. Mark sent me a list of the things, and actually, that's something I need to spend some time on today. Oh, um, but it's like so. It's more work on that. Okay. Yeah, more like yeah. But you know, Mark actually said to me, he's like, "Listen, I know this is all beyond above and beyond, so we'll pay you by the hour for this stuff." But I'm not going to charge him my two hundred dollar an hour rate. I'm going to charge him like the fifty percent discount because we okay. didn't agree to anything and. I really hope it's just like four or five hours or whatever, but um, I don't. Uh, I, I think it's really small. I just need to sit down and do it. Maybe I think maybe that should be this, this afternoon. If, right. I, if I can get, if I can figure, finish one or two Uber tasks that I really need done, maybe this, uh, later this afternoon I can knock those out. So uh, you're asking about the angel investment. The angel investment, yeah, with with Doug. That, well, that that's with Doug. That's the Mill Valley Code Club. Yep. He may be changing it to Catalyst. Oh, he's going to change the name to Catalyst. Well, well, you can't have the Mill Valley Code Club and you have clubs in different cities in Mill Valley. Of course. It doesn't really, it gets to be very confusing for people. And, and you have you have the name Catalyst, yeah. Well, I told him, I said, I think it's a pretty cool name. I mean, I said, you can go very generic, like Kid Club, Kid Code Academy, whatever. But the problem is it's just very, um, there's a million of those things out there and it's, it's just going to confuse people and it's not going to stick out as a brand. I said, like, Catalyst... Sounds kind of badass. It sounds kind of cool. And I said, you don't want to make it sound too kiddish, because once you get kids who are in upper middle school and high school, which you ultimately want to be able to attract, they're not going to want to be going to kids club. Oh, you going to you're going to code club for kids today? You know, right? <laughs> you know, I mean, it just sounds stupid, right? Yeah. It, it would sound a little embarrassing as a teenager to be going to some place that sounded like that. Right, your friends will be giving you a hard time. Yeah, and so it has to. It can't sound kiddish. Um, and uh, 
So anyway, he's playing with names. I saw him playing around with it. They they use that um, collaboration software called Slack. Mm. Have you heard of that? No. It's pretty neat. It's 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 been catching on. Um, so uh, anyway, so I went up there. I was up in San Francisco last week, and I went and spent part of a day in uh, Mill Valley. So I went and met everybody there and saw the operation. It's really cool. I mean, um, the guys he has working there are great. He has two full-time people, one uh, Chaz. So Chaz used to be like, he used to run a surfing camp. <laughs> so with the name Chaz, sounds right, right? <laughs> so he just looks like he's a really good-looking guy, kind of the surfer guy, really good with the parents. Like, Lug says, that's great. The moms love him, <laughs> you know? So he, but he's a smart guy, too. And then um, then there's Aaron, who just graduated with a CS degree from Berkeley, he can code, but he's not really at the level where he can go get a job at, you know, Google or something like that. But so he's designing all the curriculum. He's doing like he writing tutorials and experimenting with, you know, an Arduino set of projects or Phaser or RobotC or whatever. And he's really nice, really nice, smart kid. And then they have a whole slew and they had some college kids. I met a couple with Teddy, I think was one of them. And these these guys either go to places like MIT or, or go to Berkeley or whatever. And um, I worked in the summer. Some worked during the year round. Really smart, really nice kids. And then there's some high school kids who I met who are really sharp, really bright, and uh, really good vibe. So when you walked in, were all the kids like, hey, 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 that's Jason Roberts. That's the angel investor. No. Well, you know, I, 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 I took one photo, though. Um <laughs> Let me see if I have this one photo I can I can show you. I put it up on the um Ah, you know, my thing I think has my uh eh, well, my phone has been updated with them, but um it's uh it's it so they have like one room and then they have another room they bought for like middle school, so they can separate the elementary and middle school kids, because middle school kids don't really like hang out with the elementary. So is that what you, what your your investment went into this? The new property? No, no, because this is just in the hallway. This is just for the Mill Valley location. Right, right. So then we took a look at a new place um, that was in San Anselmo, I think is the, is the area it's called. It's like, it's like, you know, five or seven miles away, but because of traffic, it's like 15 to 20 minutes of traffic at least. And, you know, because you're right on the 101 there and it's just brutal. And so, um, you know, a lot of people in the area just wouldn't come down to Mill Valley. And so we went and looked at this shopping center that had two places. It was like right next to like Noah's Bagels or something. One of those mm. kind of places. Perfect. It's like a thousand or twelve hundred square feet, and um, parking's easy. And there's a ton of like shopping and places to eat. So it'd be perfect. You can plus you could see the sign. Right. And so it's a little more expensive than if it was like because the cause current location there's no way to find it. You would never see it. So only going by word of mouth. And so I was thinking, you know, I really think that it'd be worth paying a little extra money for a place that has some signage and some um, sort of, uh, what they go, foot traffic. How much does it cost to rent a place like that? It's $4 a square foot. So if it's 1,000 square foot, it's about 4000 4000 a month. Yeah. Right. But how many kids are we expecting? The throughput of kids are... Couple, I, I don't know. Hundred? I mean, you're talking... Um, I mean, right now he has like going on a hundred in his okay. current place. But, you know, I think, I think a one twenties break even or something like that or huh. something like that or 80. It really depends on the staffing. The staffing is the big cost. So, so you're saying 120 kids in the new location would be break even. 
I can't remember. Some, something along those lines. 80 to 120. 80 is breaking in 20. I mean, it depends on the how, 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 how aggressively he's staffing it. You know, that's the big cost. Yeah, okay. Um, but the investment really is about getting that place, uh, getting a second location up with with foot traffic available so it's, we can afford the nicer location and really experiment like so we find out like does that make a difference i mean if everything's word of mouth there's no point in paying for a place that people can just happen to walk by and see but i my th- my theory which you know he agrees with is that a lot of people may not just walk in and go oh what do you guys do they might just see it and mention it to somebody else yeah you know oh i saw this place I think it's like a coding thing or for kids or electronics or yeah, I don't I know, robot stuff. And they're like, what? Oh, just shaking out. I think it would work. So I don't know. I'm excited. I mean, I was, I was very, um, I was very impressed with the quality of people he had. And I was, I, I was impressed with all the way he's sort of thought through all the little things about keeping the kids engaged and having them making progress and f- keeping it fun and making sure the parents are happy and understand what's going on. And, the ratio. It's like all these things, lots of, you know, they say like startups, it's not like there's one great idea. There's like one idea that it's a good idea, but there's lots of little good decisions that are made along the way. Yeah. You know, you quickly learn, you say, I right, try this, try this. Okay. This, we figured this out. We figured this out, figured that. And you just, you keep, you know, doing all the right things that make it work. Yeah. So that's, that's with Mill Valley Code Club. <clears throat> um, great. We'll see. I mean, uh, last thing I'll say about it, the, um, so we just drove over and looked at the play and looked at the look at what we thought was area and there was two there was like two open slots in the entire shopping center and they both were on both there were two different sides of Noah's bagels I think it was or the, there was a burrito shop there's I don't know so I'm like I hope it's one of these because this is perfect but we don't really know because the the listing agent was out of town for two weeks and so he's not even actually going to officially get to look at it for like another week so um we'll um we'll know more then. Cool. And Empath? Empath. So Empath is, uh, you know, the tool that will help organizations keep a beat on how their employees are feeling about their job, their company, everything like that. So, like, it's really about keeping attrition down, limiting attrition, and, and, and keeping people engaged. People working on projects, they want to get a new project, they want to leadership stuff, they're not getting feeling they're getting recognition, they're getting, the deadlines are too tight, they're getting, they're getting too many distractions, too many meetings. I mean, all these kinds of things that if someone just sat down with you and they're like, hey, Justin, how are things going? I was thinking about this. I think there's like, it, it's about resentment. There's like a resentment quota that builds up about your, you know, what you're doing. And, and there's a point where the amount of resentment that you have of all the different stuff that's going on with your job and the people you're interacting with, if it just kind of overflows... Then you're like, all right, this is too much. I'm out of here, you know. It becomes a cancer. Yeah. And a cancer in you, and then it and actually affects other people. I think so. Because your negativity affects your coworkers. It, it really does, yeah. And then when you leave, you know, all the all your sort of... It makes the other people think, grousing. well, he left. And all your grousing kind of affect <laughs> them, and then they left, and then they're probably really happy because the grass is always greener, so wherever they got now, it's like, oh, this is so much better. And then they're like, it's just bad. And there's it's very, very expensive for companies to lose people. And a lot of times... Man, companies and managers just don't realize that people aren't happy mm. about things. They're not unhappy, but they don't even know yeah. things are. And a lot of times, they're little fixes, easy mm. fixes. Like you know, you've been stuck on a project for nine months, and you're like been bored of it for three. If someone could just say, "Hey, let's cycle cycle this person off 
in a couple weeks to something new, that would be a whole new, they'd be like, oh, wow, great. I really wanted to do a mobile project. Sweet. I'm so excited now. The problem when that really happens a lot, though, is when someone's just too good at their job. Like, because this guy continually saves everyone's butt because he's really good at that job. So he, they just leave him there. And that's the problem. Do you know what I mean? Like, so you get, you, you get so good at it that no one wants to promote you. Yeah. Well, I think it's a lot. And that's a, that's a, probably a good case example. But I think there's a lot of, lot of ways where people are not getting what they want or need. And, and the empath is going to work in a way that it's going to hopefully make it easy and comfortable for people to be able to say what it is that they need for the, the system to discover it but also keep it so that they're not putting themselves in a position where there's going to be any retribution or any, you wouldn't want to say, well, you know, you answer a question a certain way and you're like, I don't want my managers to this because your managers and your company will never see your direct answers. You don't want to say my boss is a jerk. You only want to say that you only want to say that you're unhappy about things. You just want to say more of like, if you were to, in your ideal situation, what would you have more of? More time, more flexibility, more guidance, more support, more leadership. I mean, everybody has, and what's the number one thing? You want to hit that number one thing that someone says. And so and you might you might say, you know, my number one thing is I need a, a little less stress reduction. I need, you know, something like that. And it's like, if somebody could deliver that, that would probably be good. That'd probably cover you for probably four to six weeks. And then you'd be like, okay, the next thing on my list is, you know what? I need a little more guidance. There's just sort of like a lot of vague directives coming down i need someone at the top can really clear it like look this is what we need if you can deliver this great and then you're like and then when they do that you're like great <laughs> right and then all of a sudden you're gonna and then the fact that they're actually addressing those things in a positive way you're gonna be like great i can actually make my life better yeah so anyway so that's empath um as i said but we you know you know for me the whole this whole thing started as lola contacted me and said hey i got this idea and i think all these good work Y combinator yeah and and i and i said all right well i'll tell you what it seems like a a fairly straightforward thing to build if you can go and pre-sell it to say at least half a dozen to a dozen companies at least agree to do a pilot i'll build it but i'm not going to build something just because you know without that it's just um but then she's like well i'll apply to y combinator and so that was a big distraction and you know she she knew a lot of people who were y combinator alums and she got a lot of advice and a lot of input and that stuff was a lot of very smart people but ultimately what happens is it wasted a ton of time prepping for that interview. I mean, it just took probably like a month or six weeks of prepping and thinking and interviewing and prepping for interviews and applica- I don't know. It was just for a lot. And I kept telling her, I don't think we need it. I think it's, I said, first of all, it's be very awkward for me because I, most of my time goes to Uber, right? Like I can't do this whole YC thing like that. And I said, if you want to be up there, that's fine. And I said, but I can do the thing where like, you go and pre-sell it and you can get, and we can, I can build this thing, you know, in my spare time. And then you can, said, so has do she that. done that yet? So now what's happened is, so the big problem was, so we, we didn't get in Y Combinator. We got an interview. We didn't get in um, because it was too early, which I told her because we didn't have any, we hadn't built it or proved it out. Like it was too new. No one had done anything like this mm-hmm. really. And no one had proved that there was a real ready audience for it. So, and then I was like, right, we build that. We need to build this thing. And I really, what we needed was a way of saying, well, what are these sample questionnaire surveys going to be like? And then what are the action items going to be like? And she's like, and so she didn't really have any questions. She's had a lot of studies and they talk about the kind of things, the kind of information. But I'm like, so are you going to create the question tree and all this <laughs> stuff? Am I, I mean, I don't, it was, 
and she really wasn't doing anything on that. And I, so then for me to build a demo, I just pulled it out of my ass. I just made this huge list of this is what the manager would see on his list of 30 employees, the category stress, uh, you know, uh, opportunity leadership. And then the, here's Justin is feeling like he's da, 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 suggestion, walk by, you know, things like that. And I and I looked, I'm like, there's nothing. This is totally pulled us out of thin air. But I think this is exactly what we want. If, if we can build a scientific foundation for this, this is what a manager needs to see. And so I said, but I told Lola, I'm like, I just made it up. It's just common sense. You know, I mean, as long as you don't go around citing neuroscience, we're fine. You know, we just say like, this is sort of common sense stuff. But I said, I don't know. And, but she went, she has a friend, Amina, who's a, um, she's getting her PhD in, um, cognitive psychology or something like that. And she's did a lot of work in organizational, uh, I don't know dynamics or this different stuff. So she knows a lot about this stuff, and so she's been working, um, working out all these questions and all this stuff based on this stuff, and it's awesome. Oh, great! She's so she's great. So you've got the the real questions now. Yeah, so she's been working on. I mean, it's a process. She's been working on them, and uh, we we met for breakfast, and when I was up there, and uh, she's just um, very sharp, very friendly. She's great. To, she'd be great to work, but she really knows it. And so when, she, when I, I talked to her and after she gave the questions and stuff, I was like, yeah, that's exactly right. So now you do, you have the science to back it up. We're, you know, we're going to. I mean, we don't have all the questions yet. We have somebody who has the, the, the technical background. The skill. And, and, it's just, and somebody could do it. You know, like, I'm not really going to write the questions. It's not my thing. I mean, I don't really want to spend doing it. I would feel kind of like a fraud yeah. doing that. It's just too far outside of, and it just doesn't interest me really. Which means, and I and, and Lola, she has a lot of like lay knowledge about cognitive science, but she herself is not. She does not have a degree, mm. so it would be a bit of a stretch. So luckily, we brought Amina in, and she's uh, doing it. So great. So that's with um, that's the latest. So what? Uh, so what are you thinking in terms of like the rollout of that? How long before she's got her piece finished, and you can like build it into the product? Well, I mean, honestly, so. I think sometime this fall. Okay. You know, I mean, I think it's a few months project. Yeah. I think she's got to spend, she's going to be messing around with the content probably for at least the next four to six weeks. And then at that point, once we have that sort of solidified and I have a content tree of questions and follow-up questions and action items, then I can really build a system around that. But until I have that, it's really hard to build anything. I mean, I have stuff that I've already built. I've kind of got a framework and stuff, but to really finish that up, I'm like, let's get this done. So, um, yeah. Hey, Disco. Oh, Disco. Well, um, Disco, I've been, uh, a lot of stuff's been going on with Digidoo and with Disco. Um, the main, the main news is that the last episode of, of texting, basically (laughs) that, uh, information that I got from Disco, I'm basically applying it. Okay. Building scaling stuff. Well, just, just, just the general thinking about it, um, not the scaling stuff exactly, because I think it's a bit too premature. Like, so, for example, the job queue thing. Like, I don't think that the first alpha version that we build of it should have a job queue. Like, I mean, especially when it's just being used by, you know, like 10 people or whatever. Yeah. So I think that that would be kind of like premature. Premature. Scaling. Pre- prematurely scaling, right. But, uh, yeah, no, I've got it to the phase where, it, you see, we're, we're, we're building a very slick UI. And it, it's very... It is. It's it, beautiful. It, I, yeah. I like designs. And and also, you know, 
I was already uh, thinking along the lines of like not using jQuery or anything like that. So I, we've built, well, I've built everything from scratch and mm-hmm. all the animations and everything's just done like just using native JavaScript, native CSS. So that's taken quite a long time. And getting the demo. So I'm at the well, fa- why? Why? Why is it taking a long time? No, why did you not use jQuery? Why did you go scratch? Well, because I didn't. I I want to send this thing out with one network connection. So when when they when they do an include on their site for script, oh, it doesn't go back and forth, grab it, and crap. I, I don't want it to go back and forth to grab stuff, and also I don't want it to clash in any way with any code that they've got on their system. Yeah, well, that's a good point because yeah. the the speed at which this thing loads on the site is going to be a big deal whether they're going to keep it on their site. Right. If it slows down loading, you know how it is when you load a page and it just sits there loading forever. Yeah, it's really annoying. Really annoying. Yeah, bad. Now it's it, it's asynchronous anyway, so it shouldn't really have a have an issue because you know the way you can. You, you can load JavaScript asynchronously, but even so, I still just wanted it to be just really clean with one with one connection. So it's basically pulling the, the way that I've written is it. Well, I've <laughs> I say the way that I've written it, right? The way that I've written it so that it, so far for the preview on the existing site, but I'm not actually serving it as a JavaScript widget, but it's still going to be the same code base. So anyway, what it does is it everything is in JavaScript, including the CSS, and it just inserts the CSS into the DOM. And it inserts the divs into the DOM there and then, and just they, so it's all kind of applied just from that one single JavaScript file. Nice, yeah. And so, and it looks, it looks and works pretty well. It's pretty slick. Um, it's been, it's been pretty finicky, like plugging that in to real the real database, and especially because one of the things that they want to do is they want to be able to say, look, you can type in the different URLs that the widget's going to appear on. And you can have different campaigns. So this one piece of JavaScript could potentially have, for example, you know, five campaigns. And campaign A runs on this set of pages. Campaign B runs on this set of pages. So basically, it's a JavaScript data object. It needs to kind of cycle through the data object, see if the URLs match, because we're also doing wildcard matching, right? So you could you could say, you know, for this for this category of pages on my website, you know, website.com forward slash shoes mm-hmm. right then you serve up a certain kind of thing for that so that's been kind of complicated you know all that kind of stuff making it all work and bring it together but it's it's going to be nice um the phase that i'm at right now is you can create campaigns uh you can preview campaigns and the campaigns in their own right are kind of complex that the whole stuff but um the next piece i'm just about to start working on is taking all of that code and like widgetizing it. Well, it's already widgetized, but just testing out the fact that people could put it on their websites and then it serves it and it matches it all up. So that's where I'm at. You know my next question. Go. When? When's it going to... Oh, right, when's right. Ever, when you have some pilot customers or whatever? Oh, um, well, I've got... So obviously going to the wedding in Mexico this weekend, so I can't do too much uh, this weekend. But I think probably by the end of next week, I'll have it so that it can be served out and I'll just be getting started on the point, the part where it's like logging stats and stuff like that. So I would say probably weekend, like maybe not this Monday, but Monday after. Really? Maybe, yeah. Fantastic. Like I'm talking about like alpha users. I mean, yeah, I, that's- I did say the same thing the last weekend and the weekend before uh, that. Well, I mean, it's so, just the fact that you think it's just around the corner is a pretty good sign. I do think sign. it's just around the corner, yeah. Did, did you want to get any listeners to send an email if they're like, you want to know what it is? Uh, no, I don't think so. Not at this stage. Like they, they already have. Like they've already. Like Lance and Joanna already have. Like the people who are going to use it. So, you know, and those people they've been in communication with for like six months or whatever. So right. I think we're we're set with that. And the more people that you get involved, that like the more 
hassle it is. Got it. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, you you want to keep your alpha testers down to right. like a half dozen to a dozen because you everybody finds the same potholes. Everybody yeah. tries to say potholes. Yeah. It's like you, and you just get the same email over and over again. Yeah. Yeah, you, you just kind of get that, get that, grow, every stage you can make it bigger, but as it becomes harder and harder to find the... the um, but with, with Digidoo, something that, that's been really, really good is um, SaltStack. Did, did I tell you about SaltStack? SaltStack? Yeah, have I, have like I told salt you about SaltStack? No. Okay, so I, I mentioned it in like the outtake of, of the last show, so anyone who's heard it will already heard me ranting about it. But basically, you, you know what Puppet is? Yes. You know, Puppet, right? So basically, it's like this configuration software. So uh, I tried to use it. It was like a freaking nightmare. Um, and I was looking for something else that would enable you to configure thousands of servers. So there's this great tech called Salt. It's SaltStack. Uh, I think SaltStack.com. It just works really nicely. So the, the architecture of it, the way that it works is that um, the, the guy who built it basically created a PubSub concept using 0MQ mm-hmm. so that each machine basically connects so the machine connects and it says it basically sends it sends a key like a, a key a public key and then the, the so you've got a salt minion and a salt master the salt master basically accepts the key and from that point forward they're connected via pub sub and so you can run a command on the salt master just like a regular command mm-hmm. and you can just literally run one command and send it out to 5,000 machines. It just goes out to all of them in like five seconds mm-hmm. right and then based on top of that they then built like this stateful concept where you can create, the, and they literally call it salt state. Mm-hmm. So you can create like a YAML, you know what YAML is like? Mm-hmm. So you can create a YAML-based file and you just basically say like package, Nginx, you know, installed. Right. And you just like push it out there. It, it just works really, really beautifully. So we've been, I mean, it's it's a, it's kind of a little finicky, but we've we've been working on it. I've now got two, uh, I've got our, our local, our new version two local server set up with this. And our, our new cloud infrastructure set up with this. So I'm basically going to be able to like, just from my machine, orchestrate hundreds of machines and just, I mean, already it's great. Like when the, when the, the, our three devs are working, if I, if I do a configuration change, I could just push it to their machines, like their local uh, vagrant machines. So, right. So that's working very nice. That's cool. Yeah. So, um, any other news with, uh, did you do as a business? How's it doing? Ah, uh, it's doing, it's doing good. Um, no, I don't have. Uh, if, if I've got some good, business, some good, interesting news about that, I will definitely bring it up. But uh, nothing, nothing okay. super springs to mind right now. One thing I was thinking, of, I want to bring up. Um, so when I was up in uh, San Francisco this last trip, I met with uh, one of our listeners, oh, yeah. um, Abe Gillespie. I think I huh. pronounced his last name correctly. He's a really cool guy. We had breakfast and uh, together, and he um, he was up. Uh, he just he and his wife were there, kind of scoping it out for a month, and I think they're going back to I think Virginia, and then they're coming back again. Oh yeah, I remember the email about that. Yeah, yeah. So um, I w- was also going to get together with another listener, Stephen Merity. Uh, he's he worked. Uh, he's from uh, Australia. I can't remember which city, but he came over and did his master's in CS. Everyone's at from Australia who listens. I to know Texas. we're huge in Australia. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, it's like we're like David Hasselhoff in Germany. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's weird. <laughs> yeah. Um, so uh, anyway, I, we were. I was going to try and get together with him, but you know, it's like it's hard to coordinate. And then I was. What I was thinking is because when I go up to San Francisco, I have to leave like a two or three meals to hang out with just the Uber guys, right? And then there's like you know, maybe I can meet with Doug, Mill Valley, from Mill Valley Code Club, or maybe Lola. 
um, empath stuff or, you know, and then I have a few other friends I like to get together with, but I would like to meet with texting listeners. Mm. But I was thinking, you know, it's kind of hard to fit all that in. Um, otherwise I go, I go up there and be like, Oh, you know, I can't see any of my friends that I know up there a long time because, you know, I'm too busy or so I need, I was thinking maybe what to do is get like, just like set a time and say, here's a list of every, all the texting listeners up in that area. We're going to do Wednesday night sushi or, Nice, Tuesday like a night. mini summit. Yeah, like, you know, and it, it would be three or four or five of us. But like, with, like with Abe and Stephen, like they both moved there. They don't know anybody. Yeah, yeah. And it'd be perfect. So it'd be great for them to meet meet each other. That's right. That's right. That's great. Because yeah, they were both totally fine with it. Because I, I, I was trying to coordinate. I was like, hey, why don't we all just meet for breakfast? And it turned out Stephen just couldn't because he was had to go out of Google or something. But um, they were like, um, they were definitely into it. And they wanted to meet each other. Yeah. Something, and if you live in the Bay Area... And you want to you want to hang out? You think it'd be fun to grab dinner or lunch or breakfast or whatever? Send me an email. What I'll do is I'll keep I get a list of the five or ten or fifteen or however many people in the area, and I'll just say, hey, I'm coming up this night. We can do like a Chinese or Thai food or whatever dinner or whatever. I'm like, we'll all just get together and it'll be five or seven or eight or whatever, and be fun, hang out two or three hours, and then you know some of you guys might end up becoming buddies and want to hang out during the week. That sounds, that's really that cool. Idea? Yeah, that's great. So send me an email, send a podcast at textinglive.com or you can just send it to, you know, whatever. All right. Well, so. Are we, we running we, out of time? We, 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 one story left, I'm afraid. That's it? Yeah. Oh my, I guess I better choose wisely then. Yeah. I still had a ton of stuff. So, um, let me look, let me look. I'm looking here. Um, can I do two? Nope. Can I do two, please? I told you I've got to be, I've got to be firm and harsh. <laughs> So, um, all right. So, and by the way, you, you want this because you don't want to be spending two and like two and a half hours listening to this to do the show notes. Remember you didn't like that. You hated that. Yeah. You told me to enforce this. All right. Well, I'm going to make, I'm going to have one comment and one story. Okay. So the one comment, the short thing was there was this, there was this question on Metafilter called how to become Tony Stark. (laughs) Nice. (laughs) You know, and it was like. It was like, um, you know, the guy was a little like, how do you become like a super scientist where you can kind of, almost like a full stack, full stack engineer scientist. Like I can do the electronics, I can do the engineering, I can do all this stuff. And it, and it was funny. It was, it was kind of sad because the questions were very condescending and like, well, he, that's, the answers. yeah, I mean the answers because they're all like, oh, that's science fiction and that's possible. And you know, this is, it's a stupid thing to ask and you know, whatever. Or they were like. Oh, like, go buy. Well, best way to learn is go buy an Arduino and start messing around. <laughs> you know what I mean? It was like these very like silly things that would you know go go to makerspaces and meetups. Like you're gonna learn a lot at a meetup. Go learn engineering meetup. And I'm just thinking like, do what I'm doing with electrical engineering stuff. Yeah. Like, because this guy's why like, didn't you own stuff? He's asking an audacious. Well, this was like for 2012 or something. Okay. Like this is an audacious goal. You know. And, and and they're not taking his question seriously. It's like, just don't patronize the guy. Don't give him silly advice. It's like, oh, like, if it's like someone saying, like, you know, I'm, I'm you know, I'm like Phil. I'm, I was. I'm 90 pounds out of weight. I want to be the, in the fitness of an Olympian. People are like, that you, it's impossible. It's a stupid question you ask. Just cut the sugar out of your diet and shut up. You know, <laughs> right? Or like, don't ask, right? They would, you know, it takes Olympians 15 years and they're like a special genetics. So don't even worry. Like, it was like the, that kind of range of responses. But it's funny. It's like, 
you, you think it's an audacious goals, they can be inspiring, but before you start doing it, people are going to disrespect you and patronize you and dismiss you and basically call you an idiot. If Elon Musk had told people that he's going to start a, uh, you know, SpaceX, people, especially before he done PayPal, people would just said the guy is an idiot. Crazy. He's crazy. He's an idiot. He does no, but Elon Musk has, in my mind, is about the most inspiring person on the planet right now. There's nobody who's done what he has done with those two companies. And both of them were incredibly audacious, inspiring goals. And I think one of the problems that we all have, and I think I fight all the time, is we think too small. We go for things too small. We don't go off our, after audacious goals. We go after very um, low-hanging low fruit. And it's not inspiring. It doesn't even inspire us. you know. And it's like, yeah, you start small, but you have your target. You go big. And don't be afraid to say, you know what? I'm going to do this. I'm going to go after something really big. Anyway, so I just wanted to say that. I just was so frustrating. I saw that. And I was just like, you know what? You guys, you know, and, and everybody, it's like, they, they, they all think they're really smart. And I'm sure they are really smart. But they're just, you know, people can be very smart. But because they're so smart that they see how difficult it is. And therefore, they completely eliminate it, eliminated it from, as even a possibility. And so, they won't even give you, if, if someone says, I'm not asking your advice if you think it's realistic or if you think I can. I'm just saying, you write down your prescription of the best. Well, if you're going to take some person and say you're going to have the kind of expertise that Tony Stark ostensibly had in, in the Iron Man movies, what would be the fastest, most efficient way to do it? You yeah. Know? But nobody would answer it. Nobody would even deign, it would, would deign, would deign to answer it seriously. Well, because no one's really is that. So it's, it's kind of hard to answer about something that doesn't exist. If you, you could do it, I swear you could, I mean, it's, it's close to that. Obviously, you can't create an element that doesn't exist probably, but you could become, you could get the equivalent of like a master's degree in physics, mechanical, and electrical engineering in a f- three or four years if you did what I was doing. Start building on hey. suits. You just said, hey, no, well, you said, hey, first thing I'm going to do is I'm going to go hire four or five of these, uh, I'm going to a whole slew of these instructors and I'm going to meet and I'm going to study every day for four or so five So do, you, do, do you want to build Iron Man suits? Don't we all? <laughs> don't we all i guess yeah. uh but i mean i'm just I, anyway i just thought that was kind of you know the whole i have to say phil's progress his goal has inspired me and i'm just like you know what screw it you can do things that everyone's gonna tell you you can't do right just go out and start doing it and then what happens is if you start making progress you keep ratcheting up the goal you may not be as vocal about it but your goal's in the back of your mind but then of course you might say it well, I think, why don't you have some goals for us next show? Like, tell, tell us some audacious goals that Jason has. I think I talk about them a lot already, right? I mean, well, I'm already going to get, I'm going to get myself down to, my first goal is to get myself to 12%, but I'm going to get myself, go as Operation Superhero. Okay. That's a pretty damn audacious goal. I'm All 50, right. I have 50 pounds of body fat on me, right? Yeah. Okay, fair That's enough. That's not, and, you know, I'm going to teach myself, I'm going to give myself the equivalent of, say at least an undergraduate or graduate degree in electrical engineering on my own time that's fair enough yeah true. yeah that's, right that's a good one yeah most people would say that's difficult bullshit on that all right i think that's enough for one podcast okay okay, okay. all right we'll, so we'll, we'll give you that <laughs> one last thing i wanted to talk about is um you know so i'll do a little colby segment here so colby who is nine is he one of the sports he plays is baseball and he just made the he made the all-star team for the eight, nine-year-olds. Right. And one of the things that is, can be really frustrating in kids' sports is what they call daddy ball. 
and they have like you know a parent and usually 99 nine times out of 10 or 99 times out of 100 it's a dad coaching and they play their kid at pitcher quarterback right. point guard never sub out or they just do just one time for a few minutes just to show they do but then they you know and we're on a team and both of the coaches in the all-star team had kids always played pitcher third base catcher shortstop second you know just the whole time and Colby was doing a great job. Like Colby was, it was interesting. He was not so much better that you'd go, that people looking at each other and like, why is he not playing infield? But he was clearly good enough. And it was weird. He got, it was almost like he got marginalized. He was getting down to the bottom of the batting order, even though he was like one of the best hitters on the team. And we're just like, what is going on? And if you looked out there the field, it was funny. You look in the line, you'd see all these kids. And all these kids, they don't even look that athletic. They're really skinny, skinny arms. You look at Colby and he looks like a brick house, right? You're like, this kid looks like, you know. And anyway, so as the season were, and, this, and the thing it was the same coaches who coached his regular season team coached the all-star team. And so it was the same thing. And so Sandy and I were just, Sandy was furious. Like she was just like, I mean, <laughs> yeah. Like when she gets, you know, she's very competitive and she was getting very angry and I was getting pretty pissed too. Like I had a hard time watching the games cause he would, you know, he would just, I mean, yeah, he's fine. He plays well at center field, but he wanted to play infield, but he wasn't getting the option. So anyway, Colby himself was getting frustrated and mostly kids when they're young, they don't really pay too close attention to it. But, it was it was interesting. Um, so finally, we're like, why is Colby not get a chance to pitch? Because he's doing a really good job. The, and he usually doesn't they don't even have a chance to even practice. You know, they they do other kids. And it was finally the last game we're at. She goes to the coach, and they and they're warming up this kid who never. I mean, he's like <laughs> the least skilled kid on the team. Warming him up his pitcher, and Sandy's like, that's it. Like this is like personal. This isn't like. Uh, you know, I mean, this is, so she goes over to the coach and, she, and, and we are at every single practice, never miss. Wow. Right. So it's not like, and, and you know, so it was, it was just very strange. And so Sandy goes over to the coach and she's like, is there any reason why Colby isn't giving a, a chance to pitch? And the coach, oh, well, because of his control. And she's like, well, we've been working pretty hard on that because Sandy had been taking him. He'd been really working on it. He's doing a great job. She goes over. And he's like, all right, we'll bring him over. So he goes over and he strikes out. So it's like nine strikes in a row. He strikes out three kids in a row. And it's like, and the, and the coach teaches him a change up and he throws it, mashes it right away. And, and he's like, wow. Okay. And so Sandy's like, you know what? Cause he didn't get a shot of that game, but even after she, it, it, right at the start of the game, she's like, you know what? She's like, that was just an in your face moment. You know, it's just like, you know, we put in all this hard work. And it's like, that was enough to sh- kind of, you know, a little, a little bit of a, put it in your face. But what was really interesting, and I was telling Colby this, I said, look, it's not enough to be as good as the other kids, especially when you're talking about the coach's kids or sometimes the, the, the coach's friend's kids, which we have some of those on the team, right? There's kind of like a little click, right? And we're not in the click, right? And, and you can't be just a little better. You have to be way better. You have to be so much better that the other parents are like, why is this, why is the all-star, why is the ringer not, you know, why is he in left field all or sitting out, you know? It's like, you have to be that much better. 
I used to say that to my soccer team whenever we start bitching about refs calls. I say, look, we have to be so much better that a, a, a penalty kick that score goal on us isn't going to be the mid game. We have to be four or five points, five to nothing, four or nothing better than them. It's our fault that we're that we even let them to be that close. To good. Yeah, that That's is, interesting. So how many how many games has there been since that game? That was it. That was the last game of the season. That was All Star. Oh, okay. We lost yeah. in like the fourth, the semifinal round. All right, but it's in his mind. It's in their mind now. So yeah. Well, well, the thing is, is Sandy's like, you know what? She's like, we're gonna. Oh, he's got football starting up um, in the fall, which is really, really. He's doing tackle football, so he's raring to go. Oh for that. my lord! He's ready to knock. I, I'm excited. Some to heads go off of that. See those I, games. Yeah. It's funny. He um, and I'll get back to the rest of the story about it. So he's that starts like two weeks from now, and he's doing um, flag football camp. And Sandy got a call last night because he'd been hurting. He'd been too rough and hurting a couple of kids. So I'm like, Colby, okay, for the rest of flag football camp, just dial it down. Like I can tell these are the kind of parents, this is the kind of like, you can't be too rough. I said, but when you get to f- tackle, you're going to knock some kids on their butts. Like you can d- be yourself. <laughs> but anyway, so he's super, super excited about that. But anyway, so, but after football, we're going to sign him up. I mean, we're going to start doing private instruction, but she's like, you know what? Because Sandy's like, I want revenge. <laughs> like I am, I'm, I am, she's like, so she's like, we're going to, this is, I'm like, I'm with you. You know, and Colby, we, we kept that away from Colby. Like, we don't talk that way around Colby. But Colby is like, he uh, he's now, it's interesting. He now understands. He's like, I'm going to work. I'm going to be so good that, uh, you know, like, I'm going to practice. I'm going to make it so that I have to be. So, he's got it in. It's like, and it's like almost a good thing because, like, the coach's sons, one of the things that's, and I think Malcolm Gladwell's outliers talks about this about the kids who have late birthdays they're a little better because they're a little more developed and then they get more attention and the more attention they get the more opportunity they learn they get the more opportunity they learn they get better right the sort of positive feedback loop conversely the kids who don't don't and but but one of the problems is is that when you get success early and you're not really doing anything other than just showing to practice going through the motions it comes for free like you don't learn you don't get the you don't get the fire you don't have something to prove you don't have a chip on your shoulder but a lot of times it's the people with the chips on their shoulders who blow people away because they have something to prove in their past. It was like Michael Jordan when he got cut from a JV team. Mm. He just, then he was like, I mean, there are tons of examples of it. He's just like worked his ass off. And then he just, he never got rid of that chip. <laughs> in his like acceptance speech of some, I can't remember what it was, he still had chip on his shoulder. <laughs> you know, and not that you should walk around, you know, like that all the time, but it's like, there's nothing like having a fire lit where you got something to prove. And I said, yeah. you know what? Colby now has something to prove. He worked hard. We did private instruction. We, he went to all the practices as we worked with him. And he still was sort of shortchanged because of the favor, the, the coach's sons and some favorite fights. So he's learned life is not fair. And if you want to succeed, you have to really outwork people. You got to want it and you got to want that fire. And I said, so we actually should look at this as a positive. Because if, if he just showed up and he's like, oh, yeah, Kobe's a great athlete. Yeah, he can be pitcher or whatever. He's just going to be like floating <laughs> through, like whatever. But then he's going to run up to the kids who do have chips on their shoulder, who are just as good of athletes or better athletes and have a chip on their shoulder. And they're going to blow past him because they're like out every day working because they're just like, they just feel like they just can't get that chip off, right? And I said, no, Kobe has it. I said, that was a gift. That's good. And we got it this young. And I said, now, and Sandy is now like, you know. She's got a chip. She's like, we're not going to go because they go to this like one baseball place we used to go to one that would close down but they're all kind of go there she's like i don't want to go there we're going to go play a different one so we're going to go a different one we're going to be totally stealth and we're going to work and he's going to give him all this instruction work with him and he's going to come on and it's just going to be a big fu 
next year. <laughs> it is so funny. But it's like the, there's nothing like that power of just lighting that fire. You yeah, know? like the, the fire was lit in you by Phil. It does. Yeah, yeah. you got to light the fire, man. And light yeah, the like, fire. Some of it's inspirational. Like you see someone just do it and go after it and you're just like, well, crap. Like, you know, there's nothing special about Phil, at least in regards to that and you know getting a kind of shape so i should be able to do that but then the other side just like when people kind of disrespect you and don't give you a chance even though you felt you've more than earned it then you get the fire so you people do you feel like you have had your fires lit (laughs) (laughs) i hope so that's what the show's for (laughs) all right so that's that's it that's all i got this i won't uh all right good you got anything yeah that's good that's been a great show all right that's a wrap we're out